Welcome to the Supremely Intercontinental Puckcast, a podcast about fake little hockey guys. I'm your host, Ian Constable, GM of the Banff Rockies. Welcome to the 2020 SICHL Mock Draft edition of the Puckcast. We are lucky enough to be joined by Reykjavik Riders GM, Sylvain Tremblay, who will share some of his scouting secrets and will join me as we draft the first round of the 2020 SICHL Entry Draft. Special disclaimer that these may not be our exact draft list, but more what we think might be expected picks of all the teams drafted in the first round. It's a long show, but for you draft junkies, hopefully an enjoyable one. So let's get started. First up is the Vancouver Canucks. They selected Elias Pedersen with the fifth overall pick. This was not a good draft pick at all. Knowing their draft history, they should have just gone with the safer pick, being maybe Gabriel Pilardi or Casey Mendelstadt, somebody like that. But they decided to go with the super sweet Elias Pedersen, who is 6'2", and he's only like 165, which is very, very tiny and small. So I do not like that at all. He was supposed to be like a 10 to 15, maybe 15 to 20 pick, but the Vancouver Canucks decided to go number five. Elias Pedersen, I do not like that. Knowing their draft history, that is not good. All right. I'd like to welcome now Sylvain Tremblay, GM of the Reykjavik Riders. Welcome to the podcast, Sylvain. Hi, Ian. I'm glad to be on the podcast. All right. Uh, now, today we are going to be talking about scouting for the upcoming SICHL 2020 entry draft. And uh, I feel really lucky to have you on the show today. I know that you take in, I, I, I can't remember how many games uh, a year you take in and you watch on, on, uh, on video and everything, but, uh, but a lot of games and just seeing your, uh, your uh, drafting past and a couple of the time, many times that you've uh, sniped a number of the guys I've wanted. Um, I'm really looking forward to talking to you about this. Um, do you want to give away any of those uh, tricks of the trade you have for scouting today? Oh, sure. Uh, well, <laughs> first, uh, I do watch a lot of games, uh, but this year I watched more games because we had more time between the end of the year and the draft. Uh, so usually uh, what I do is that I, I, I check out, for example, maybe 50 players. Uh, but this year I went all the way to uh, 150 players around that. And I, I watched over uh, 150 games, junior games, uh, last year and during the summer uh, for, for the preparation of the draft. Um, so <laughs> uh, it's not easy, though, because uh, it's hard to get the footage for the different players. Uh, you have to subscribe to multiple video services, like uh, just for Canadian junior leagues. Uh, there are three different services, one for uh, the QMGHL, one for the OHL, and one for uh, the WHL. And uh, if you want to subscribe like for all the games, it's close to $200 each. So uh, it hits the pocket a bit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, And, um, well, basically what I do is I, I try to focus on the games that have more uh, prospects playing in them. And I... At the same time, it's uh, it's a good way to uh, to see how they match up one compared to the others, because you have the the World Junior Championship, but for draft eligible uh, players, there are only like uh, the top of the crop that play there. So uh, yeah, so so that's pretty much what I do for my draft preparation. I also um, read different guides. Um, 
I use it as a kind of peer review. <laughs> so if I watch a player and I think he's terrible, I'll go read about them and they'll say, oh, no, he's good. So I'll go back to watching more uh, tape of that player to see what I missed or, or something like that. And um, it, it's not something that's easy to do because when you watch players, you have to factor in a, a lot of things. For example, uh, they're still developing at the stage that you, you watch them. They're not finished products. So you have to, uh, to, to, to be in the mindset to project what they will be in the future. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's not always easy to, to do because, uh, for example, um, if we take the upcoming draft, you have Quinton Byfield. He's one, of, he's one of the youngest in the draft. But at the same time, he's already 6'4", 214 pounds. So uh, you have to wonder, uh, he's not going to, uh, to develop much more physically. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, he, since he's one year younger than uh, some of uh, the other uh, uh, premier players like uh, Lafreniere, well, um, during that year, he's going to get better. So that's one of the aspects that you have to consider. The other thing is that you have to... Um, to check the quality of competition because from league to league it varies and even within the same league it varies between the teams for example in the QMGHL which is uh, the league that I watch the most um, there are some pretty terrible teams uh, so, so a player can rack up a lot of points against those teams and it's not really significant to his potential so that's one other thing to consider Otherwise, um, I do like to watch complete games and just and not just like highlights or just shifts for players, because this uh, gets you a feel for the game. Uh, is it like a game with a high pace? Um, is it against like a good team, but that good team is not showing up for for some reason, and so um, the player might look exceptionally good just because the opponents aren't uh, playing up to uh, to to, <laughs> to any good um, so that's pretty much what I look at and also um, one last thing that uh, that you have to consider when you draft is are you going for upside or are you trying to go for safer picks right because that's really different mm -hmm. so I, I didn't give up too many secrets of the trade, but it, it's just a lot of work and a lot of things to consider when watching the players, because otherwise you have to um, you go by what you see in all the different guides. Uh, they'll evaluate the skating and they'll evaluate uh, um, how good offensively the player is, and that's uh, mostly subjective. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I know there there are. Uh, do, uh, have you uh, watched on YouTube like uh, scouting reports? Absolutely, yeah. I like Will Scouch, uh, and yeah. uh, and I, I mean Will Scouch. I like it a lot. He has uh, he shows his analytics in it uh, all the way through, and um, I I think I'm an analytics guy more, but. Uh, but maybe I'm not. <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> I, I, I respect everything that Will Scouch does. So I definitely follow that a lot. So, so he has a different approach because 
he goes by his analytics that he I believe he does his own calculations um, and he does like uh, uh, put it all up in a, in an Excel sheet but um, other than than some, than a few uh, people like will scouch most scouts will mostly uh, go about a player based on what they feel about the player for example mm -hmm. uh, a player might look fast but if you if you really like calculate uh, how quick he is from a blue line to another blue line he might not be that fast but um so so the but that's a whole other debate, like uh, the place of analytics in hockey. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. So, but, yeah. So <laughs> th that's pretty much uh, um, what I do when I when I look at the different players. I don't do analytics that much, but I, I will try to. Uh, I will listen, for example, to to Will's couch and see what he thinks about a player. Mm -hmm. But it usually don't uh, turn me around. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, well, we're going to do something special today. Uh, we're going to have a mock draft. We're each going to pick a player at, uh, at each position in the first round and for the, for the team that will be picking at that spot. And um, we've done it a little bit differently. I'm, I'm uh, basing it on, on needs that, uh, that I see based on their, the team's 23 and under impact players that they have on their team. Um, and for yourself, how are you going to be uh, looking at this uh, mock draft for the teams? Uh, well, uh, what I did is I, I tried to look at the, the, the draft history of the different GMs, okay. um, except for the new GM for the Buckaroos. But I, I, when I listened to the podcast, I, I thought I heard that he was in the, in the WHL, um, league. Yes. yes, that's right. So, so I went with, the. Uh, I'll, I'll spill a bit of secret about my mock draft, but I went with a WHL player for for him. Okay. So uh, <laughs> so that's basically what I did. So I tried to uh, to determine whether uh, the team liked forwards more or defensemen, or if they were going with a BPA, or uh, if they were a bit more risk takers, so they would take a chance on a player with upside, but that's less safe. So that's what I did. Okay, fantastic. So neither of us are actually given out our, our list, like per se, but um, I mean, based on, uh, based on needs for the team and based on uh, drafting history for the teams, this is how we feel that uh, these, these teams might pick uh, when, they, when it comes to them. Um, and we, we've had some movement already for some picks, uh, so we don't know. There might be some uh, some trades already that I don't know about, uh, but we'll go with the latest list that I have for who's going to be picking where. And the latest pick that I or list that I have has the Stockholm Cougars acquiring the first overall pick in the draft. Um, so we'll start right there. Somehow Stockholm was able to pry that pick away from the Banff Rockies. And uh, they will pick first. Here's their 23 and under impact players. Stockholm already has a, a very good team uh, in the uh, 23 and under uh, category. Uh, players like Dylan Strom, Brett Howden, Colin White, Alex Newhook, and, and Nolan Foote up front. They, on defense, they have uh, Kel Clegg, uh, Vakaninen, 
Uh, I saw that, I believe I saw on Twitter that there was a trade where they picked up Bodie Wild uh, on defense as well. And uh, they also have uh, Ilya Sorokin and Net. So they actually, they're pretty well-rounded between, the, between all three. I went completely off the board here for them. And I thought, well, best player available, uh, Alexis Lafreniere. I uh, couldn't. I couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't pick anything other than that. How about yourself? How'd you go? Well, uh, surprisingly, I, I also went with Alexis Lafreniere, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which uh, which is the obvious pick at number one. Um, I, I I don't think that we'll have a big surprise there. No. no. So, uh, do you have a, a did you have a, a bit of notes about uh, Lafreniere? Yeah, Lafreniere, man, just so skilled. Um, all parts of his game are, are excellent. His his skating is good. It's not not great, but it's good. I mean, he but it, for him, like what makes his skating so good, anyways, is just his deception, uh, which leads you know leads to playmaking and and his skill set. But his deception can uh, just just lose people right um he, he has an amazing shot um he's just so so well-rounded and uh, i mean he's been doing it for for a long time now right the, it, being the chl player of the year in your draft mine like the year before your draft year uh that's just incredible and so doing it two years in a row um he's just a special player i completely agree with you uh, he's got a good frame, and what he did last year uh, at the W at the World Junior Championship, yeah. ten points in five games. Yeah, and uh, he also dominated uh, in the QMGHL. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I like about him is that he plays a old school hockey type, uh, but at the same time, he's got uh, like you like you said, he's got great hands. Uh, he's got exceptional hockey sense. He's always at the right place on the ice. Um, and, well, uh, I did watch uh, quite a few, uh, quite a high number of games uh, of uh, Rimouski in the QMGHL. And what's uh, less known is that he did look a, a bit bored at times in the QMGHL. Mm-hmm. Um, but co- compared to some other prospects in the draft, he, he ain't the kind of uh, player to run up the score when he was playing worse teams. Mm-hmm. Would just uh, put the foot off the pedal a bit. And uh, I, I know that some people uh, did criticize him for that. But I believe, um, like, when, when you're too good for your league, um, there's, like, if your team is winning, there's no point to uh, go out and score five goals. You don't have that much to prove when you're already the number one in the draft so yeah. um uh, and also uh, uh, he was suspended he was suspended once uh, mm-hmm. last year uh for a hit to the head and uh he has a, a bit of uh of a character he he will uh he was um focused on by the other teams mm-hmm. and sometimes it got him quite angry and he was uh, playing uh, on the line so he's that type of player uh, complete uh, uh, well-rounded and uh, I have a, as a projection for Lafreniere that 
is going to be a first line star. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I was, I was actually when I watched him, um, when I watched him at the World Juniors, and when I did see, um, I, I only saw I think two of his uh, games from Rumuski, but um, but when I watched it, he, I, what really surprised me was how physical he was, um, and yeah, he's not, he's not putting up with anything, and he's also going to initiate a lot, so. Um, all of that talent, incredible talent and physical, and he has a size to go like to do that too, right? So, well, yeah. we we've talked about Stockholm's prize uh, prize pick there. Uh, let's move on to uh, the second pick, which belongs to the Chicago Tigers. And so I looked at looked at the Tigers uh, list. Um, they have they have a number of needs. Um, at up front right now at 23 and under, they have Kevin Fiala, Kapokaku. They they were able to grab him second last year, so they have the second pick for the second year in a row. Uh, Josh Norris on the back end. Uh, they have Evan Bouchard. Um, after that, it's it gets a bit thin. So so while they they have needs in all positions, uh, I went. I went with the best player I thought was available. I went with Clinton or sorry, Quinton Byfield. Yeah, I went with uh, Quinton Byfield as well. I think that uh, they're going to go with the best player available, like they did in the past. Um, so, so what do you have on Byfield? Well, Byfield, uh, he's he's so strong, but he's so fast for his size. At six foot four, uh, two fourteen. Uh, to, to be able to skate like that is just incredible. Uh, he, I think that he um, he has a good shot. He he has great skill. Sometimes he, I've noticed him um, going for a skate, but <laughs> uh, but uh, but just a fantastic player. Like you mentioned earlier, one of the youngest youngest players in the draft, and so there's a lot of players in this draft that are that are would have been like within a month uh, of being eligible for the 2019 draft, uh, but not Quinton Byfield. So he's almost a year younger than a lot of players in this draft. Um, but yeah, he's uh, he's I think he's going to be a dominant uh, center down the road for for the Tigers. Um, that size to go with that speed and skill is is pretty great. His, I I think, I think he's going to develop into a lot more of that playmaking. Um, I think he was pretty young this year to to have all that put on his shoulders to have to playmake as well as all that stuff. So I think that can that he can develop that a bit. But we'll see. How about yourself? Well, I, I do agree with uh, most of what you said. Uh, and uh, what I could add is that in contrast to Lafreniere, who, who's a very physical player, despite his size, Byfield is mostly a finesse player. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's very strong and he, he's very good at puck, puck protection, uh, but he's not the one who's going to initiate that much. Uh, and uh, he, he, if he can go by with uh, a stick check, that's what he'll do. So I, I think that there's some... Uh, there's some people that will uh, have some criticism uh, regarding that uh, part of his game because he's so big. Yeah. Um, but 
uh, I think that modern hockey isn't all about hitting anymore. And if you can uh, get by with uh, a good use of your stick, uh, then you can be just as good. So I have him uh, as a, a future top-line center as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you can separate that player from the puck, you've done your job, right? That, that's that's what checking's supposed to be. But, uh, um, yeah, he's going to be a great player for sure. Uh, at third, we have the Boston Colonials. Uh, they, they've gone into a full rebuild within, within the last year before last year's draft. There was a, there was humongous movement by the Colonials. So they have, again, they have needs in, in all places. They, but, but, uh, really, really their, their biggest needs are up front. There are guys that are under 23 that are looking like impact players down the road are Adam Boquist and Eric Branstrom. Um, so I, th- I really think they need a forward here. Um, so the player that I would select for the Colonials, or uh, that I think the Colonials would select, is Tim Stutzla. Well, so far, Jan, uh, we've got the same list, it seems, because I uh, also <laughs> This doesn't have make for Tim's... good radio. <laughs> <laughs> I also have Tim Stutzla. Well, I think that uh, from the next pick, we're going to have some different views. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Stutzel, um, I really like him. I think he's one of the most exciting players available in the draft. Uh, he did play last year with uh, in a, a men's league yeah. uh, in the German uh, pro league with Mannheim, uh, where he put up uh, 34 points in 41 games, which is pretty good for uh, a draft eligible player. Um, I I really like how he skates, how he sees the ice. Um, he will. What I like the most about him is that he will surprise me, because he, he will do unexpected plays out of nowhere. Yeah. And sometimes I think that uh, there's no like option, and, and he'll just do a small move, and he'll spot a, a teammate, and he'll pass the puck. Um, so I think he has a, a huge upside. Absolutely. I've, I, he's extremely explosive, and he's an amazing playmaker. He comes like very creative. Um, I think he's going to be an incredible player, and uh, Boston will be extremely, extremely happy with this player. Uh, so let's move on to the fourth pick. We have the Hamburg Gladiators. Um, so needs for Hamburg, uh, I had as forward and goaltending. They have some incredible, incredible 23 and under uh, defensemen in Rasmus Dallin, um, McAvoy, Bowen Byram. I mean, what? What a list right there. And then up front, they have guys like Vrana, uh, Nikas, and Cody Glass. Um, so so while they could pick forwards or goaltending, I, I went with a forward for them and Mason Raymond in um, over in Sweden. Um, I, I personally thought he had a, a tough year last year because of just not getting the playing time. Uh, and also the the situations he was he was put in when he was playing he wasn't he wasn't playing with um, any top line players that's for sure but uh, I think we're going to start to see him really shine and I, I mean in the SHL preseason already we've we've seen him really start to put up some numbers how about yourself well uh, just a, a quick note about uh, Raymond yeah I don't have him for the Gladiators I have another player but. 
about Raymond. Um, I think he, he had a, a decent year last year, but it's always hard for a young player when he plays in a pro league uh, like the SHL because they don't get that much ice time and yep. they don't get the best players to play with them. Uh, so sometimes it's hard to really show your skill. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also have a, a note about uh, preseason and the and the early months in the year that I, I forgot to mention earlier. But uh, um, there is a there's something that uh, that happens every year. Is uh, it, it happens at all levels, and you'll find out that some players really shine early in the year. Or in the preseason, but uh, when you scout, I think that you have to temper um, temper what you see early in the year because often early in the year uh, the teams will have, will not be um, as tight defensively. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look at preseason, there will be many um, uh, coaches will, will try many line combinations, will try many different things. That may not work, but uh, since it's preseason, it's okay. So um, I know that I, I, I don't want to say that uh, Raymond's not a good player, but uh, I always take the early part of the year with a grain of salt. Yeah. Um, and I, I usually put more weight uh, into uh, into the, the let's say starting from November when the teams uh, have gelled together. And uh, then it's harder for players to uh, rack up easy points or to look really good because the opposition is not uh, is not uh, um, is not tight mm-hmm. yet. Yeah. So 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 that's something that uh, when I scout, I I pay attention to as well how they perform through the year. Um, anyway, so I did diverge there. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. I was uh, going to ask you that question, actually, but how you how you take that into consideration? The the pre like because we have that luxury often of starting to see preseason and maybe even into the KHL a couple regular season games, but right at the start, what you what you thought about that? So, anyways, I'll let you pick for the Gladiators. <laughs> so for the Gladiators, I also picked a forward because I think that's what the well, I know that in the past. Henry did pick uh, many defensemen, but I think that he went with the BPA at that time, mm-hmm. and not specifically because he wanted to have uh, a, such a strong defense. Uh, but this year, at this point, I think that he can justify uh, drafting uh, a forward and still uh, labeling him the best player available. And uh, instead of Raymond, I went with uh, Cole Perfetti. Mm-hmm. from the Saginaw spirit, who had a tremendous year. Um, he didn't play in the World Junior Championship, and uh, that uh, that seems to have uh, kind of uh, roused him. And uh, he had a, a great uh, second portion of the season, unfortunately, which was cut, cut short. Um, but I have for Perfetti that uh, he's, he's a player that's always at the good spot on the ice he knows where to go he, he'll be like two steps ahead of the opposition um he's not like the fastest player but he's very agile so he has great mobility 
Um, and that's something, uh, that's another party. But uh, when you talk about skating, mm -hmm. skating is various different things. Uh, just skating fast in a, in a forward line is a skill in itself and it can be, um, it can be very useful in transition. But uh, being able to, uh, to have good east-west mobility is something that's, uh, that's more important to the, in today's game. Mm -hmm. Because if you want to, to get room to, to get your shot off or if you want to, uh, to move the passing lanes and, and create a passing opportunity for yourself, you have to be able to uh, move well uh, from uh, east to west. So, and I think that uh, Perfetti is very good at doing that. Um, he's also a good stick handler, which helps <laughs> getting into traffic and uh, passing the puck to an open teammate. And he also has a, a very good shot. So that's why I have him at four. Um, I think he projects as a top-line playmaking winger, and Henry will uh, be very happy if he picks Perfetti. But I think that he'd be happy as well with uh, Raymond. <laughs> but I have I have Raymond lower. We'll see where. Okay, okay, and yeah, I I I think a lot of Perfetti as well, and everything you said, I completely agree with him on agree with you he had a bit of a slow start to the year which was a surprise to me after he absolutely dominated the linka um he was just incredible at that and then he just had some bad puck luck uh, to start the year i thought um but uh things started going his way and he was man was he a line driver and and just all over it um after the first month or two um but yeah just skill and vision and um, and his edge work is just incredible. Like you said, may not be the like it's skating in a straight line. Speed is a lot different. Uh, is a different skill completely than that edge work. And and he's got that edge work. He knows, like you said, knows where to be. Uh, so we'll go to number five. We have the Hamilton Steelhawks here. Uh, so again, the, their big needs would be forward. Uh, they have Romanov and Cam York on defense. Uh, for players under 23 that are really uh, future impact type players uh, up front. Uh, not so much right now, but they have a lot of picks coming up too. So um, I went with your player from four at number five, Cole Perfetti. Uh, it was a tough call for me between Raymond and Perfetti, <laughs> honestly. But uh, so anyways, Perfetti, I, I, we just talked about him a lot. How about yourself at number five? Well, uh, before I, I, I tell my number five, uh, I just want to tell. Uh, I just wanted to to corroborate that uh, uh, it, this is going to be a very important draft for. Uh, well, not this year. No. Okay, I was. Okay, they don't have that much, that many picks this year. They mm -hmm. only have four picks, but yeah, they do have a lot of picks in uh, 2021, and they need a. Yeah. Yeah, they need a lot of players. Mm -hmm. uh, they're a team that's. Uh, that's going to be built up from uh, from the ground. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, well, I went with uh, Lucas Raymond <laughs> at five. So, <laughs> so there we go. Close. <laughs> yeah, very close. Very close. All right. So the, the, let's take us then to number six. We have the Vancouver Vipers. Uh, Vancouver Bi Vipers have some fantastic young defensemen in the system at 23 and under. 
Provorov, one of my favorites, absolute favorites, uh, Ivan Provorov. Uh, Sider, who they picked up last year. Uh, in that, they have uh, Lukanen um, and Ellis and, uh, I guess, Erson as well. And then up front really is where they, they might need a bit more for youth, under like for 23 and under players, and that's where they have Philip Zadina as impact players up front, for, but uh, not much after that for, those, for the younger guys. So I went with... Marco Rossi at number six for wow. the Vipers. I went with Marco Rossi as well. <laughs> so <laughs> that's but, well, great minds I, think alike, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know that it's funny because I thought that our top ten would start to uh, to be different from number three because if mm-hmm. you look at the different draft lists, yeah, uh, there's a lot of uh, the the players. Between three and ten, they they are all over the place. So it's it, it's kind of funny that we yeah. get the same players at the same place. Even so a, what even from Rossi? two to ten, like um, if you look at guys like the some some of the scouting services like Elite Prospects, and I mean they don't they they have Stutzel way down. A, a number of others have Stutzel at number two. Uh, I mean most most really have Byfield at two, but but uh, you know. It's it's quite different from like you said two to ten through uh, exactly. through many so, so different. I'm surprised. Yeah, with yeah. our list. That's but for us, so you know, great minds, of course, drink alike. So, <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about Marco Rossi? We, Obviously, very highly of him. You have him at number six, as I do. What are your what? How would you well, characterize him? For 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 Marco Rossi, uh, I think that he is a very intelligent player, and he does all the the small things. Like, uh, for example, uh, when he backs checks, he, he will he will try to lift the sticks. And uh, he, he is always well positioned uh, on either side of the ice, whether it's uh, um, when attacking or, or when defending. Um, even though he's small, he's very effective because of that. Uh, he, he's got a phenomenal vision of the ice uh, and he, he can make... He will see everything that happens and he can hit... Uh, with passes his teammates easily um despite his size he, he plays in traffic he's not afraid of uh, going uh to the hard spots on the ice um so that's pretty much what i have on rossi and uh the only thing is that will he be a center in the nhl or will he be moved to the wing due to his size that's uh that's still to be determined, but mm-hmm. I, I do believe that the team that will draft him will try him at center first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Five foot nine, but doesn't play like it at all. Uh, and 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 not the only does he just not play like that. Uh, he is a bull. Like I mean, he knocks guys over that are that are so much bigger than him constantly. He's just so strong, and he has that low center of gravity. Um, for that part of it, he, he reminds me of Martin Saint-Louis uh, a lot. Um, just a smaller guy, but just like bull and, you know, just really hard to knock off the puck. And what you said, like just so intelligent and a draft eligible player putting about 120 points um, in Canadian juniors. Pretty incredible. So, uh, yeah, the Vipers are getting a great player there. And 39 goals. Yeah. 56 games. So, yeah. Uh, He's, uh, he's. I would say that he's primarily a playmaker, but he, he can also score yep. when he has the chance. Absolutely, so, yeah, I really like him. <laughs> yeah, 
So Seattle, the Seattle Grunge have two picks back to back. They pick seven and eight here. Um, what they have in the system for impact players that are 23 years old or younger, they have Brady Kachuk, uh, Eli Tolvanen, Rasmus Kapari, Lawson Kraus, and then Jake Ottinger is who I pick. So they want, they really need uh, defense. Uh, their uh, you know expansion team two years ago. Um, and they they start off great great guns. They went right at it the first year. Um, they're now looking at a rebuild, I believe, but uh, or, or or a build. <laughs> so I have the I have the first pick here for Seattle at number seven as Jamie Drysdale. Uh, well, well, maybe we can go with uh, the two picks. Okay. So, so who I, do you have at eight? At eight, I have Alexander Holtz. Okay. So you'll see uh, mine. My list is very different. And for the listeners, we did not share lists no. before this podcast. So it's uh, <laughs> it's not arranged. Yeah. Uh, I, I have at number seven, Alexander Olds. And at eight, I have Jamie Drysdale. <laughs> <laughs> very different. So far, no surprise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know so what, what? I was... I was really impressed with Drysdale at this uh, at this World Juniors last year. I I'd watched him. Oh, which tournament was it? I I think it was. It might have been the U18s the year before, or it was the Lincoln. But I watched him and I wasn't so impressed. Um, but but at the World Juniors this year, that that deception that he showed and just and just um, poised with the puck uh, and riding that line. Um, his edges are fantastic. Uh, he his vision is great. He has a good shot. Uh, I was really impressed with Drysdale at this uh, World Juniors. I didn't see much of him uh, it playing the, his OHL games, but uh, what I did see of him there, um, yeah, I was I was blown away. Well, I do agree with you uh, on Drysdale, and uh, I saw a couple of games uh, for uh, of the uh, Airy Otters. And he was basically their best player. Um, he's like you said, he's an excellent skater. And what I like is that he will use his mobility on defense to evade the forecheck, mm-hmm. and that will let him um, uh, push back uh, and, and start the transition. And that's a skill that not that many defensemen have. Uh, he also on defense is also very solid. He has a good gap control. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's not like a one-trick pony on offense. He's really good both ways, and I really like how he he played as the youngest defenseman for Team Canada at the World Junior Championship. He was really solid. Uh, I think he was more solid than some of the older guys on defense. Agreed. Uh, yeah. So so well, yeah. I think that uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the Grunge were to pick him. Yeah. <laughs> I could definitely see him going there. How about Holtz? What are your imp- impressions on Alexander Holtz? Well, Alexander Holtz, uh, I think he is the best sniper in the draft. And uh, when I was watching his games, um, what did strike me is that he shoots from anywhere, but he has a knack for finding holes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so <laughs> sometimes... Um, there are players that will shoot from anywhere and you know that they won't score. But in in the case of Alexander Olds, even if he shoots with a, a very few angle, he, he, 
it's um, it will score on uh, uh, still on, on a good percentage of his shots. So um, th- that's what's most impressing to me from uh, Alexander Olds. Um, he does have a very fast release, probably the best release uh, in the draft. And uh, while he's a good shooter, he's also uh, he also has a good vision. It's just that uh, I think that. Uh, he knows his role as a trigger man, right. but uh, when he has to pass the puck, he, it's not like he has blinders. And um, one part of his game that is underrated is that he, he still plays a good two-way game. Yeah. So uh, you, he's not the, t- the type of player that will only show up in the offensive zone and who's waiting for sh- pucks to shoot. So that's what I have on... Uh, Alexander Olds, I have a projection of him being a, a sniping top line scorer. Yeah, absolutely, and I think I agree completely. His um, his playmaking was quite underrated, I thought, and I think a lot of that for myself had to do with people just, oh, he's a shooter, he's a shooter, he's a shooter, and then they just kind of dismiss everything else. But when really when I watched him. Uh, he really was a good playmaker as well, um, but he's just such a great shooter that uh, that that stuff sometimes just people forget about the other stuff then, right? Um, yeah. All right, Alex Holt said number eight to the grunge uh, or seven at, or seven to, to the grunge and Drysdale <laughs> as the other one. Uh, let's move on to the Shamrocks. Uh, they have they have Alex Turcott, a player that I'm very fond of, and uh, Ryan will tell you I'm very fond of him as I've approached him a number of times. But anyways, <laughs> Alex Turcott uh, and uh, Dustin Wolf, um, who in the that other league was an extremely late pick, but uh, I I think he got picked uh, a lot closer to his potential uh, when uh, when Ryan picked him last year, but. He's missing some forwards and and some D that are under 23. I find that um, I find that Ryan wants to go for it right now, and that is that is commendable. Uh, I think the player most ready to go for it right now is Anton Lundell. So that's who I picked for Ryan. Well, uh, you see, I did go by draft history, mm-hmm. and like you mentioned, he, he did pick uh, Dustin Wolf uh, much earlier than. Uh, where he was uh, drafted in other leagues. Uh, So uh, I think that he's going to seize this opportunity to go with uh, a future franchise goaltender, and he (laughs) will pick uh, Yaroslav Askarov. All right. Okay, so what what are your thoughts on Askarov then? Well, uh, on Askarov, um, well, I think that he is uh, the prototypical... Uh, goalie of today he, he has a good size he's very uh, he has a good mobility uh, he handles the puck well um, he's got great uh, uh, lateral good lateral pushes so uh, he reminds me a bit of uh, Carey Price mm-hmm. when, back when he was in juniors uh, usually he's got good positioning um, and in the VHL, he was dominant. Yeah. Um, the only thing that might be a, a bit of a scare is that he had poor showings at the international level. He wasn't really that good at the World Junior Championship. But then again, he was very young. Uh, usually, uh, goalies don't play there under 18. Um, so, so that's the only uh, risk that I have for Askarov. 
otherwise he he's very solid and he projects very well to be a, a future franchise goaltender right yeah he was extremely young going in there against you know mostly 19 year old teams and when you're and you're talking about like the canadas and the and and the others of 19 year old teams like it's just incredible teams going in there and i mean every goalie has an off game or two so to for i know that uh, some people have have dropped them way down and um i definitely have not be he is he's everything you talked about there he's he's incredible um for and lindell what are your thoughts yeah yeah for lindell uh anton lindell I, he now he's a follower this year he's he early on uh, before the season he was looked at as a as a maybe even a top three pick in this draft uh, definitely within the top five for sure uh he's fallen a bit he's playing in a men's league uh, in the Liga, in one of the best men's league in the uh, men's leagues in the world, it's um, you know behind, uh, of course, the NHL, the KHL, and the SHL. Um, he he still put up a number of points. Um, his his skating definitely, um, I think, can can use some some work. Um, but he ha- he knows where to be. He knows that he has that sense of of where to be. He's a good playmaker. Uh, to like passer at least um, uh, he has a he has a decent shot but he has that he has that uh, ability to find holes to to be in the right spot um, you know I think uh, and and then his two-way game his defensive play is just fantastic I think he's going to be able to step in real quick and become uh, at least a third line player right away and and uh, he may only um, reach a second line player, but you never know. He there's sometimes other parts of, of people's games come around a little bit, and uh, who knows? He could he has the size. Um, if some of those other things can can work out, he he could be a first line player. I see him personally as a second line player, but a really good second line player. I do have uh, the same notes uh, as you have on on Lundell. Um, and he did put up uh, 28 points in mm-hmm. 44 games in the Liga, which is very good, uh, uh, putting up that number of points in a pro league. Um, he, he plays a pro game already. Um, he, I, I like that he, he's, he plays a physical game. Uh, he, he likes to challenge the defenders, he will go to the net. Uh, he has a high compete level. And he, he does the little things. He pays attention to details. Um, and I think that he's going to be a top six center uh, that, that's hard to play against. Yeah. Yeah. He, you know, he reminds me a lot of uh, Couturier in his draft year because he was looked at so much for so long. And same thing. I find the same thing with Lindell that... I find that a number of people have been picking apart um, these guys, right? But they look at them for so long and everything. I mean, Lafreniere obviously has been being looked at for so long with such a fine-tooth comb. You just can't pick up, you know, nothing to pick apart there, right? But uh, I think Lindell down the road is going to be a would be a great pick for the Shamrocks, and we'll but we'll see. Um, yeah, well, I do agree. I think that's uh, I think that it's mostly because. Um, He's not that spectacular, mm-hmm. and uh, and w- when you look at the draft, what gets the exmi- what gets the excitement about the draft is is the spectacular plays by some uh, by some players. And yeah. if you watch his highlights, 
you won't be wowed because he scores in ways that you score in the NHL. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, and that, in that other league. <laughs> yeah, then the whole. <laughs> uh, so so that's why he may not be as popular uh, if you look like at um, at the fans list. Mm -hmm. But I think that uh, he's going to be a, a very solid player for uh, when he gets to, to play in a, in the best league, which is the SIHL. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move to number 10. We have the Toronto Metropolitans. Uh, here are some of their uh, some of their players that they have uh, that are impact players uh, or future impact players that are 23 and under. Uh, Baird Hayden, uh, Kasperi Kapanen, and uh, Timothy Lilligan. Uh, so you have a couple forwards, a defenseman there. They need... They have needs all over, but I, for me, it was just that point. Well, hey, let's get that goalie that's going to be the future, and this is where I put. This is where I took uh, Askarov myself at ten. I know you you took him at nine. Um, pretty close. <laughs> How about yourself well, at number ten? The Metropolitans do have Carey Price, mm -hmm. uh, which is thirty-two, so uh, it wouldn't be a bad choice. Uh, give uh, Carey Price another three or four years until Askarov can take over and, and they'll just have his replacement. But uh, since on my mock draft he was already gone, yeah. <laughs> I went with a different player. So I went with Anton Lundell. <laughs> <laughs> this is pretty incredible. So far we have not been farther than one pick apart on any player. So that's that's pretty good. I think I think people are going to know exactly who they're getting going to take and getting uh, going into this draft. I, we, you know, we should just call up Mark right now and say we don't even need to do the draft. We've already picked everybody for him for their exactly. for them beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> but I think at at this point, it should start getting different between our lists. Agreed, agreed. All right. Well, maybe not for the Buckaroos if you went with the same criteria that I did, but we'll see. <laughs> All right. Well, I looked at the Buckaroos here. Um, they have, uh, there's a team that is just, they are just filled with, with incredible talent that is 23 or under, um, Jack Eichel, uh, Larkin, uh, Thomas Shabbat and Soderstrom and then in net Carter Hart. So they're not going to be devastated that Askarov's gone already, but they're going to get a goal scorer to go with those guys, uh, to go with Eichel and Larkin and they're going to pick Jack Quinn. Well, I, I do. Uh, I, I like I said uh, at the start. I, I gave up my pick a bit for uh, Portland Buckaroos, but I went with a WHL guy. Mm -hmm. So I went with uh, Seth Jarvis. Okay. Yeah. So, so do you want to you want to talk, talk a bit about, about Seth Jarvison? Uh, okay, I'll start with Jarvis, sure. and you go with Quinn after. Sure. Uh, so Seth Jarvis, um, he had a slow start to the year, but after uh, after December, he was basically the best player in the WHL. Uh, in total, he had 98 points in 58 games, uh, 42 goals in 58 games. So he, he had a good production, but most of that production came from the later part of the year. Um, he does shine in the offensive zone. He has a very good vision. Uh, he's a great puck handler. Um, what I like is that he makes things happen in the offensive zone. Even if there doesn't seem to be any play, he'll do something. He'll beat a defenseman. 
uh, it'll create uh, uh, passing lanes uh, by uh, moving the puck. Um, so, so that's what I like about him. He has very good uh, anticipation, hockey sense. Um, I think that he's very, a very good uh, offensive player. And uh, since uh, the new uh, Buckaroos GM is, uh, follows closely the WHL, I wouldn't be surprised to see him pick Seth Jarvis. The only uh, downside I have with uh, Jarvis is that he does have uh, some difficulties handling strong opponents in the defensive and neutral zone. Mm-hmm. So at the pro level that might uh, limit his usage a bit if he, he sticks at center. But otherwise, he, he could also be uh, an effective uh, winger. Absolutely. Yeah, Jarvis, he's, a, he's an incredible player. He's a um, dynamic, dynamic playmaker and, and goal scorer. I, watching him this year in the WHL, uh, I, I did see him leaving, maybe leaving the zone um, early. But... Um, and so, um, I, I don't know how his, uh, his coaches are going to react to that as he moves up to, in the, uh, into the next levels, but, but he's got the playmaking and, and, uh, and, uh, all around game or sorry, the, uh, offensive game, um, where they might be saying, yeah, go for it <laughs> because you're just that good. Um, for myself with, um, well, just be, before we yeah, move to, to Jack Quinn. Uh, about what you said, um, I know that uh, that is something that's often talked about when you look at young players. But I believe that um, it's okay if a player doesn't isn't that good defensively in juniors because mm-hmm. uh, they they don't really have to be. They, they'll carry their teams offensively, and that's what will win games. You look at uh, the CHL. Uh, most games, uh, both teams score three or more goals. Um, it's really low scoring. So uh, I don't like uh, put a much, too much weight on their defensive abilities. Mm-hmm. I think it's also something that's very easy to work with. For example, for Seth Jarvis, um, I think it's more of a mental thing to to uh, be careful and stick longer and don't go too much on offense. And I don't think that it will stifle his, off- his offense that much because uh, while he does get opportunities, because he does leave early, he does leave his zone early sometimes, uh, I find that most of the offensive uh, opportunities he creates is when he has the puck in the offensive zone even if it's not in transition, right? Uh, um, so, so I, I don't think that it's that's much of a big deal for uh, for Seth Jarvis. No, and also, I mean, uh, he was, I mean, he was it in Portland. Like you look at the difference between him and the next player on that team in in scoring, uh, it was absolutely incredible. Like he he had to do a, a, a lot, right? So I think at that point, the player also feels like, okay, I've got to be. I've got to be getting there. I got to be doing this. So I, uh, I agree. He's, um, uh, he's an incredible player already. Um, and I think that that stuff can be, uh, can be worked with very easily. Actually, that's the, probably the easiest thing to work with, uh, with a player. Um, I'll move over to Jack Quinn here. Uh, yeah. Jack Quinn, just 
you know, we talk about this this year has a lot of um, excellent scores, excellent shooters. Uh, Jack Quinn is definitely one of those players. He played on a powerhouse team, but uh, in Ottawa, but uh, but he did a lot. He did he he wasn't playing with Rossi a, a ton. Uh, he did play with him, but he wasn't playing with him a ton. Um, and he was able to do a lot of things on his own there and, and with some very good players as well with him. But uh, he doesn't take a shift off. Uh, he can find his way to, to those, the, that, those spots that are really dangerous. And I, I kind of compare him in, in his shooting style a little bit more to Cole Caulfield than those other ones. He has a good, really good shot, but he changes his angles. Uh, when he, I find when he's shooting, he, he, he makes it, he makes it so that, uh, so that he can, he can really pick those spots by, by doing that. Um, yeah. I, I do agree with you. Uh, he, he had 52 goals in 62 games, mm -hmm. which is incredible. And, uh, well, what I like as well is that he plays an aggressive game. Mm -hmm. Uh, he's not like a passive sniper. Uh, I, I know that you just compared him to uh, to Caulfield, but that's a, a big difference in style between yeah. uh, Quinn and Caulfield is that Quinn will be aggressive and uh, he, he will bull through <laughs> to the net. Uh, he, he can score in multiple ways. He, he always finds a, a way to get in a scoring position uh, and to, to be able to, uh, to, to, to get his shot through. And he will use both his... Um, is wrist shot, but he, he will also score on backhanders, which is rarer these days. Um, so, so yeah, I think he, he's a uh, he's one of the best scorer in this draft. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's move on to the number 12 pick, and here we have the Banff Rockies. Um, their needs, uh, they have, I guess, I'd say pretty equal needs all the way around. Uh, up front, young players under 23. They have uh, players like Kirby Dock, Nick Suzuki, um, Joel Farabee. Uh, on defense, uh, Mikhail Sergachev and Miro Heiskanen. So, uh, and in net, uh, young players, they have Caden Primo and um, uh, Spencer Knight. So, uh, seeing how for the next goalie, they don't need, need a goalie too much right there. Uh, the next goalie available, I don't have for a long time. It's, not, it's nowhere near the first round for me. Um, this team, I thought, actually could use a defenseman. Um, and so I went with Jake Sanderson. Yeah, well, uh, I do agree that they may need a defenseman, but looking at their track record for drafting, mm -hmm. they do favor forwards. They do. So, yeah. <laughs> They do, so I went for... which is why so I, I thought this year maybe they should they should get a defenseman. <laughs> but but yeah, so who did you who did you go with then? Well, I went with uh, Jack Quinn. Okay. So... <laughs> well, I like that pick. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think the Banff Rockies would be extremely happy <laughs> if they were to grab Jack Quinn there. <laughs> yes. So let's talk about Jake Sanderson. Sure. Uh, Why did you uh, pick him for the Rockies? Well, Sanderson is definitely one of the biggest risers this year, um, moving up uh, draft boards for for a lot of different uh, uh, scouting services. Uh, and I think a lot of that had to do with um, his all-around game, like he uh, how he combines speed 
with uh, with gap control and with uh, with everything, especially defensively. Offensively, I think it's he, it's it's coming around for him. He's not going to light it up, that's for sure. But he's going to make sure that that his end is taken care of. Um, he can transition the puck very well. Um, I thought he was for that NDT uh, U.S. Uh, National Development Program. I thought he was their best player this year, and uh, and there wasn't a lot of scoring from that team. Uh, so um, defensemen don't often don't uh, pick up a, a ton of points when there aren't any forwards that are really lighting it up for them, right? So I thought that he ha- he started to develop some of that. He he's an excellent checker. Um, just an all-around good defenseman. Yeah, I do agree with you. Uh, I'm a v- I'm a big fan of Jake Sanderson. Um, the U.S. national development team is one of the teams that I saw the most games from. I, I maybe saw like uh, 15 games from okay, their team. Yeah. Uh, and I watched the, the games that they played against the uh, NCAA as yeah. well. Uh, and the most surprising thing to me after watching all those games is how Jake Sanderson is characterized at a, as a defensive defenseman. Mm-hmm. I don't see that uh, at all with uh, Sanderson. Um, I do believe he's the best transition defender in the draft. Right. Uh, and while he, um, he may... Uh, <laughs> um, at the start of the year, he might have been sitting uh, on his skills a bit because I think that um, he, he takes his role as a defenseman really seriously. So he will always he, he add a mentality of using um, of defending first and then moving to offense. But as the year progressed, he he did find out that he could be both. And so um, later in the year, uh, he was very good offensively. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a great accurate shot. Uh, he will open up shooting lanes by walking the line. Um, while he, he doesn't uh, wow you with his passes, he, he always... He still... Um, will move around with the park for movement to be created in the offensive zone so that uh, a passing lane comes up. And if it doesn't, he will shoot the park. But he rarely is the source of a turnover, uh, either in his zone or in the offensive zone because of that. And I think that's a, a, a very good quality. Yeah. And on defense, he is good. Um I I don't when he when he was playing the other teams would would almost never go on his side to enter the zone, and when he did he, he plays physical. Yeah, he can lay out big hits, but he does so without uh, being taken out of position. So he, he doesn't do that uh, and leave uh, an opportunity for the other team when he goes for a big hit. Um, usually the plays for for the other team ends there. And and he can start back up the other way. So uh, while he's characterized as a defensive defenseman, uh, in my opinion, um, he could be 
in the NHL, it could be like a, a Jeff Petrie with that's better on defense. Okay. So so maybe a 45, 55 points guy. That sounds good for the Rockies. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. yeah, that's, that's my take on Jake Sanderson. Right. Yeah, and uh, that is, uh, yeah, absolutely. They, that is great to hear. And um, and so I, what did you notice when you were watching those games against the NCAA teams compared to games against the USHL teams? Um, was it still that they the NCAA teams were just not picking that side of the ice or, or would they challenge them a bit more? What do you, did you notice anything there? Oh, it was always the same for okay. all the games. Yeah. He, he, he was playing with uh, Eamon Powell and mm. Eamon Powell, I also like his game, but uh, it seemed to be, uh, uh, well, in the first period, for example, the other team would try to go on his side, but it would not, since it wouldn't work, they, they would start going on Eamon Powell's yeah. side to enter the zone. Okay. And um, the only uh, time that they would enter the zone on his side is that Sanderson, like, um, I know that he's been characterized as, as a defense, defensive defenseman, but the way he plays, um, he goes deep into the offensive zone. Uh, he, he often goes behind the opposing team's net. And sometimes, for, for example, even if he does a, a good pass to a teammate and that the teammate loses the puck, then the play goes the other way and he, he's fast enough that he can catch up and come back. Right. But uh, when that happens, the other team could enter on his side because he he would be catching up from behind and mm. he wouldn't be there to uh, to block the his own blue line. But he, he's very good at gap control, and since he's physical and he has a fairly long reach, um, it's very hard to pass him by. And the players that do try usually uh, remember it and don't <laughs> try it a second time. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> Okay, let's move on to number 13. Here we have the Vancouver Vipers again. They picked at number six. Uh, I had them picking Marco Rossi. Uh, I believe you did it as well. So here exactly. at 13, um, again, they they have players like, um, uh, where are we at? The Vipers here. We have Provorov, Sider, um, and then a couple goalies, uh, and Zadina. Again, I think they need some more forwards. They have those just top-end defensemen back there. So I have them going with a great all-round forward, uh, great all-round center, Connor Zeri. Well, I, I, I have Jake Sanderson for the okay. Vipers there. And uh, while it's true that they need forwards, uh, since they already picked uh, Rossi at five, uh, I thought that uh, they, they could afford to, to, to get a defenseman at this point. Uh, and I... And from 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 that pick, I do think that uh, there's a drop in the quality of forwards uh, compared to uh, to the ones that uh, were available until then. Okay. So uh, so that's why I went with uh, Jake Sanderson. Okay. Excellent. All right. Well, I'll talk a little bit about uh, Connor Zeri. And so Connor Zeri, uh, really uh, a smart player. Uh, he competes super hard every shift. Uh, lots of skill. Um, he finished with 87 points in 57 games this year, including 38 goals. Um, and the knock on Connor Zeri from a from a number of people were was his skating. But when I watched him, I I did not see that. I thought his skating was actually 
pretty good. I wouldn't put it at top end, but I really didn't see that that huge uh, that huge knock on him that uh, that other people have seen. Um, how about yourself? Well, I do think that uh, Connor Zary's skating is uh, average, and he, he, I think that he improved it through the year. Okay. So at the end, it was better than at the start of the year. But um, I don't think that it shows that much because he's such an intelligent player. Yeah. That and he makes good decisions on the ice. So um, even though he's not the fastest skater, he's always he gets where he needs to be at the time that he needs to be there. So his average skating doesn't impact that much his game. Um, what I like about him is that he keeps things simple. Uh, he's effect- he's an effective player, and that translates very well to the NHL. Well, to the SI. To the SI. Yeah, yeah, agreed. <laughs> you know, you know who he reminded me a lot of this year. Uh, it was my very first pick ever in the SICHL entry draft, and that was Nick Suzuki. Um, I, I thought what you were saying that he was he was he had positioned himself where where the puck was going if it was coming the other way. He had already positioned himself there. He didn't need to use that extra speed, and sometimes maybe um, maybe that gets taken away from a player a bit in uh, in from in some scouting, and that oh he uh, he wasn't flying to get there. But that's just because he knows where to be, right? So I really like Connor Zary. I had him at 13 going to the Vipers myself. Yeah, we'll see where where I have him going. Yeah. And you had Jake Sanderson, right, at 13. So, Jake Sanderson yeah. at 13. So we'll go Vipers. to 14 here and the Barons. Uh, Bruno Barons, what a what a year they had. Um, really made a huge push and they, and they made the playoffs. Here they pick at 14. Some of the pl- younger players they have the 23 and under impact players in the system. Casey Millstat, uh, Casey Millstat, sorry. Uh, yeah, it's Barry Kotkaniemi, Braden Tracy, in net uh, Ilya Samsonov. Um, so I'm thinking they need defense, and uh, so I I picked Caden Gould um, for them from the Prince Albert Raiders. Well, for the Barons first. I want to say something about the Barons, which is not related to the draft, but Mm -hmm. uh, every year I'm amazed at how uh, the the GM uh, takes his team and is competitive with his team. Yeah. He's like squeezing blood from a rock. (laughs) Uh, And he does it every year. So um, (laughs) I'm really impressed by how he does it and he must have a deep knowledge of how the sim works mm-hmm. because he gets results uh with uh with teams which aren't uh, quite well don't have quite the high-end players that other teams have but he always performs and he's always there uh in the playoff picture so so i, I wanted to to say that about the barons uh first Absolutely. but uh, as far as drafting um well, I went with a forward for uh, for them, and at that point, uh, I think that uh, Dawson Mercer would be a, a good selection for them. But first, let, let's go with your selection sure. uh, of Caden Gulley for, uh, for for the Barons. All right. Well, uh, a big defenseman. At, uh, he's over six foot two, uh, 188, and and at that size, he's an incredible skater. Uh, his brother, his brother is playing in the NHL, and we know of his brother as a good skater. He's even better. Caden Gill, Caden is 
uh, just an incredible skater um, and a guy that just gives it every shift and you don't want to play against him, right? He plays a mean game, a tough game, uh, that old school game that we were talking about a little bit earlier, um, lost of sandpaper to him. He's not, he's not going to light it up offensively, but he's, you know, he's going to be able to fit in that, uh, in that second pairing, I think, and, and, uh, be a good complimentary player on that second pairing. Uh, and, and defense, when we're looking at defenders, a lot of people are looking at those defensive stats. I think you're going to see very high defensive stats from, from this player. Well, I, I do agree with you. I have him uh, as a second pairing transition defenseman. Mm -hmm. uh, he, he's a great skater. He plays physical. Uh, he's very good at containing opponents. Uh, but uh, we'll see where he goes on my list, on my mock draft. But uh, I do have questions about his uh, decision making. And I do think that uh, sometimes he should refrain from being as physical as he is because he takes himself out right. of the play. Okay. And yourself, who did you have at 14? Oh, I had uh, Dawson Mercer. Okay, right. Uh, right. From, That's right. Uh, from uh, Les Saguenayens, from yeah. Chicoutimi. Um, and, uh, well, uh, what about uh, Mercer? Um I think that, uh, well, he, first of all, he played in the World Junior Championship. He didn't have a, that big of an impact. But just the fact that he, he was able to make the team yeah. uh, shows that he, he has a little something. I think that he's a, a good competitor. Um, he, he really wants to win. Um, he, he's got a, a good shot and he is kind of... Uh, at this point, I would say that he's one of the best goal scorer that's left because he likes to to shoot. He will shoot from anywhere on the ice. Um, he plays with a lot of energy. Uh, he plays a physical game. He wants to get the puck. And uh, well, while <laughs> well, like I said earlier, I don't put too much stock in early year performance. Um, he's having quite a start uh, with Hendrix Lapierre. Uh, so far in the QMGHL. Um, so I think he projects as a scoring second line winger and uh, he's a good uh, two-way guy uh, that can score. Okay. Yeah. Uh, all right, then let's move on to number 15 and the Express. Now the Express, uh, they have a couple decent players that are under 23 here on their roster that are going to be hugely impactful. Jack Hughes, uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois, uh, Alex Debrinket, Tippett uh, on defense, Ronick and Wierenski, uh, and Yokoharu. And in net, um, in net, they have a guy that's just just over just over that mark. Um, they have uh, Vasilevsky who's, who's going to you know, be great for, of course, for them for a long time. I think in goaltenders, you can, uh, you can keep those guys, even if it's a couple of years older, um, they seem to be able to hold their own a lot longer in this league. Uh, so I went with a forward for them again, uh, and I went with Seth Jarvis. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> I went with, uh, Dylan Holloway for, uh, for the express. Okay. Um, which is a bit different, but uh, why did you go with uh, with Jarvis? 
Yeah, well, what you were talking about before, you just can't teach any that any of that stuff. You could, that stuff that uh, that he has, that um, that vision, the playmaking, just uh, uh, all the that all around offensive game. It's just not something that you can be taught, and so you got to take a player like that at that point, um, as you as you would you take him yeah. even earlier. So that yeah, absolutely, <laughs> an incredible agree. player and. Well, he he really and it also yeah. for me he uh, he developed I found he developed over the year right um, often you're looking for those players that are that are not just holding their own or just but they're really showing more and more and more throughout a year right throughout their draft year so that was another thing for Jarvis. Yeah, I, I went a different way with uh, for the Express with Dylan Holloway, um, but uh, at this point I think that that's the kind of player that's interesting. Um, he did have a slow start in the NCA, but then again, it's tough for a 17-year-old to play uh, in the NCA for the full year. Uh, it's a very hard league. It's, in my opinion, it's better than the CHL as uh, for the quality of competition. And um, he did progress as the year went on he had like nine points in his last 10 games mm -hmm. uh, out of his 17 points so most of his production came later in the year when he was more accustomed to the league um, and what I like about him is that he plays uh, a physical uh, grinding in your face game he, he, he plays both ways he's got a good two way game uh, he's, he's really good at cycling the puck and um, even though he's a physical player, he's also got great hands. He can stick handle uh, very well. So he will use that on the, when he's cycling to protect the puck and to create opportunities for himself. He's got a great work ethic. Uh, he's strong in puck pursuit. Um, so, so I think that at this point, these kind of players... Um, or uh, or I have uh, well while they're not like I am like uh, Seth Jarvis, they're more safe mm -hmm. uh, for the NHL and they still have upside. So I have uh, Dylan Holloway as a, a future second line power center. So I think at this point it would be an interesting choice for uh, the Express. I think it's a good pick, absolutely. All right, so we move so, to this. Uh, did you have other notes on all of them? Uh, I I do. I I'll maybe talk about them when I when when right. I take him in a little while here. All right. All right. <laughs> so let's move on with the Supersonics. The Supersonics, uh, and then at the Supersonics, I went with a player that you just recently took, and that's Dawson Mercer. Um, and yeah, to for a player for a player to be um, in his draft year and selected to the Canadian national uh, the junior team. Um, the under 20 team is pretty incredible. I think it shows that he just does every single thing well that he on the ice. Uh, every every part of his game is is good. He um, uh, he can score for sure. We've seen that. Uh, but he but he's doing all those little things that the the coaches on the World Junior team are not taking any guys who who uh, who aren't doing all those little things. Right? They're gonna take they're gonna take the ones that are gonna be responsible. Uh, they're going to take the guys who, who are are going to be good in the room. They're going to take the guys that that uh, have the talent to play there as well. So uh, they're not going to take a guy to that team lightly. And uh, it showed in his game all year. He's a, he's a really good player. 
Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, at 16 for the Supersonics, I took uh, uh, Connor Zari, okay. which we already talked about. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I think at this point he, he's uh, <laughs> he's in the in the recent trend of my of my selections, which is a player that's uh, maybe may not have uh, as high a ceiling, but. Uh, is more safe to to play as better pro qualities to play uh, at the highest level. Absolutely. All right, so let's go to the number seventeen pick, and we have the Banff Rockies on the board again here, uh, and they're going to stick close to home with their pick. Uh, just just less than an hour away from from Calgary, Alberta, they're going to take Dylan Holloway, uh, who played his uh, his junior A really close by. So. Uh, and actually, Holloway was last year was the um, was the uh, Junior A Player of the Year, if I'm not mistaken, uh, for Canada. Before moving on to uh, the NCAA this year, so Dylan Holloway, um, jack of all trades, uh, like you said, a great skater, good size, and and abrasive. Um, I, it, he'll he'll you know he's a guy that keeps working at everything. And so I think he's he's gonna keep working on anything that uh, that he needs to work on, whether it's uh, whether it's his his playmaking with speed. I mean, going into the NCAA is a pretty big adjustment. And like you said, he had nine points in those last ten games. I think it took him a little bit to adjust to that game and the the speed that everything was coming at him. But uh, I think he adjusted quite well. So the Banff Rockies are gonna be really happy with Dylan Holloway. Yeah, I fully agree with you and. Also, uh, I know that I talked that maybe he wasn't, uh, he didn't have as high a ceiling, but that's the perception right now. These guy can, these guys can still develop and can still uh, become better, uh, even as scorers. Mm-hmm. Um, Patrice Bergeron wasn't that big of a scorer in juniors, and he's still one of the elite players, and he's one of the best uh, scorers now. Uh, so it's not because sometimes they may not look apart when you draft them, but uh, these guys all have uh, upside and all have potential and aren't close to being finished products. Right. So, so, and, uh, so yourself, for, who would who would the Banff Rockies take? <laughs> yeah, you know that if I if I selected Caden Gulley for the top 17, we'd have all the same players. But I didn't pick uh, Goulet for the Rockies. I went with uh, Rodion Amirov, okay. uh, who played in the KHL on the fourth line last year. <laughs> and he, he didn't get much ice time, so his stats aren't impressive in the KHL. Um, but I did see him play uh, as well in the MHL. I think he played like 10 games in the MHL, and I must have seen perhaps six or seven of them. Um, Amirov, I think, is a player that when you look at him on the ice, he looks bigger than his size, Mm -hmm. uh, which to me is always a a good start because it shows that the player, uh, his play style, his composition, uh, is, uh, is, is one that has more chances of being effective at the pro level. Um, while he, he's, he, doesn't, he isn't a blazer on the ice, 
he is a very uh, mobile player. He has good lateral mobility, and um, he uses it to uh, to move the puck in transition and enter the the blue line uh, on the other side of the ice. Uh, and he does it uh, with um, with surprising efficiency. <laughs> so you see him take the puck from his blue line, and he'll just uh, move through the opponents. Uh, protecting the park and using his lateral mobility uh, to to get into the the other zone. And once in he's in the offensive zone, he's got a good vision, um, so he'll be able to uh, move around and spot teammates to feed them passes. Um, the other thing I noticed with uh, Amirov is like is that he has uh, a very good end-eye coordination. So if he's close to the net, he will often tip the park. Uh, and he's very good at tipping it uh, to the net, uh, and that's a skill that's underrated for forwards. Because, uh, for for example, if you look at the playoffs, uh, how many goals go through deflections? So, um, so that's pretty much what I have on Amirov. I think that he has a potential of being a second line scoring winger. Mm-hmm. I like Amirov a, a lot as well. Um... I just every part of his game is is very good. Um, I think his his stick handling is is incredible. He can he the guy looks like he can stick on stick handle his way out of a phone booth. Um, the my one drawback with him, which can be changed very quickly, is just his strength right now. But I mean, this is what they were saying about a guy like Elias Peterson in his draft year: is does he have the strength? Does he have the strength? And look what he did, right? Uh, I'm not comparing the two players, but um, I'm just saying that that doesn't mean that a, a player right now at the at the age of 17 or or turning 18 is not going to be strong enough to play in the NHL maybe in, within two years even, right? And then um, sometimes some players just need that time to mature. Uh, their bodies, right? So, uh, well, I like that. I like Amirov a lot there. Well, there's that, and also, uh, I don't think that Amirov is like a, a frequent gym, uh, <laughs> gym, uh, gym rat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that he's going to to get better uh, when he's selected, and mm-hmm. he 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 changes his training a bit. But so far. Uh, besides the KHL, but playing in the MHL, it wasn't a problem no. for him. He was no, still able to, back. to be efficient. So, uh, And that's the kind of thing that I don't hold against prospects right. as long as I believe that they can do it. Yeah. And I have a story about that, um, which is about Anthony Manta. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he was drafted, I knew, I actually knew uh, uh I, I knew friends of Anthony Manta, and uh, he wasn't really serious. He he, he didn't train. Uh, he had no nutri- nutrition program, and he, he wasn't uh, serious about being fit. But he was still very good. Uh, but that was my concern, because um, will he be able to, to change it? And it took a few years, and um, uh, if I remember correctly... Uh, even the, G, the Red Wings uh, GM uh, called him out a few times when he was playing in the AHL. Uh, but at the end, he, he did do what he had to do, which was uh, become more serious 
with his training and now he's a, a very good pro player so it's always hard to uh that's always a part that's going to to improve through mm-hmm. the years if the if the prospect uh gives him uh the hours uh, required like at the gym or in in special training and e- even then sometimes these young prospects they don't even have the the, the staff to uh to tell them uh, how to properly train. Right. It, it, well, it's not that much true for the top end prospect, but for, for the prospects that are going to be selected later in the in the draft, in the third, fourth, fifth round, um, they may not have any uh, any coaches to train them so far. And once they're going to be selected, they'll work with the with the team that selected them to improve in those areas. And they can uh, improve in, in leaps and bounds. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and I mean different so, different body types, different uh, different people mature at, at their their body at different rates, right? Um, um, you look like a, I look at um, the uh, the two brothers, uh, Pierre um, Pierre Olivier Joseph, and uh, and his older brother as well. Um, you know, just taking a bit Mathieu longer Joseph. for that body to mature, but yeah. gr- like turning into, they already had the talent, uh, and it just taken a little bit longer for that body to mature and and uh, look out. You know, really starting to show their stuff. So, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, so that's why I think that for a guy like Amirov, who's got a good frame yeah. already, right, he's just like really lanky. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's. Uh, it's a problem no. right now, unless he doesn't want to work on it. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, when you're when you're pick when if I pick something out here, it's just picking at straws, really. Like it's one guy compared to the next in in this one in this one item, right? Really, um, yeah. he he's got a lot of talent, and he, I mean, it didn't hold him back at all when he was at the U18s um, last year when he when he uh, led the entire U18s in scoring, right? So exactly, yeah. Okay, so we will move on to the Mustangs now. Uh, Mustangs have uh, have players like uh, Ehlers, Robert Thomas, uh, John Beecher, uh, John Marino, and Vinny Hainola. Um, ready, or really impact players that uh, or future impact players that are 23 or under. Um, needs might be a goalie here, and so I was wondering this one maybe uh, maybe at the draft we see uh, the Mustangs put a package together because they have a couple picks later in this in this draft. Maybe they put a package together. Maybe they're picking a little bit earlier and grabbing an Askarov. But seeing how we didn't do that, or I didn't do that, um, I have them picking uh, Jan Mizek, Jan Mizek, uh, who came over from Europe this year, uh, mid mid season. And really didn't look like he missed a beat as he as he hit the OHL, and that's a tough transition, uh, going from going from playing in Europe mid-year to just jumping right in, and it, a lot was expected of him right away in the OHL, and he produced. He uh, he had a lot of goals. He showed his speed, um, and I mean I think he had a lot of chances shorthanded as well. The the coach put a lot of trust in him to play shorthanded, so. A good defensive player. Um, uh, how about yourself? Well, just like you, uh, I don't have any goaltenders that will go into the, the, the until the the end of the first round. My next goaltender would be like a third round pick. So uh, unless someone moves up for Askarov, 
I don't think that even if there's a need for a goalie, no. I don't think that it will be filled uh, in the rest of the first round. And, but I do have, uh, instead of uh, of Mysak, I do have uh, Noel Gunler go for the okay. Mustangs. I think that um, they're a bit more risk takers when they do their draft selections. And uh, with Gunler, I, I went with... Uh, potential high ceiling so do you want to to start with my sack sure sure so uh jan Masek, like i said he he's i when i watched him i saw i saw a lot of speed i, I saw him pulling away from guys um he's hard on that forecheck and even in even in his own zone so he was um he was pushing pushing the pace on guys um when he was shorthanded when he was even if it wasn't shorthanded if the puck in their own zone um, guys did not have much time or space around him. He was uh, he was all over them, and that led to a lot of turnovers that, that for on his behalf. So uh, so he really took advantage, I thought, with those and and uh, and and really can make teams pay uh, as a good goal scorer on top of that speed. Um, yourself. Well, I have the same notes for Mysak. Uh, I think he's a fast skater that plays with a lot of energy, which is uh, which is in contrast to uh, when he was playing in Europe, where where the knock on him it would be that uh, he he wouldn't always show up uh, or or play with a lot of energy. But in the OHL, uh, really every game he was playing. Uh, pedal to the metal mm-hmm. so <laughs> and those are the, yeah and those are the yeah. games that i saw were, were the, his games in the ohl i didn't see any of the games from europe so i'd heard that like that you know maybe his motor isn't uh isn't great maybe he 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 doesn't have that speed maybe uh, like the, that uh breakaway type speed or anything like that but i was yeah from what i watched it was completely different from what i'd heard yeah, well, for some players, they just need a change of scenery. Mm-hmm. Uh, that might be the case for Mysak. Yeah, I, I have the same notes as you have. Very good on the PK. Uh, generates opportunities in the offensive zone with uh, with the way for checks. Uh, I think uh, he's got a good wrister. Yeah. So, um, I, I have similar notes to you, but uh, he's not my selection here. I have uh, Noel Gunler for uh, the, the Mustangs. Right. I think that uh, Gunler is a raw winger. Um, right now, he's very raw. Uh, he's got good uh, skills, but he, he needs to. Uh, he's got some, some parts of his games that are lacking as well. So, what I have on the positive side is that he, he's got excellent hockey sense, uh, which I like. Uh, he knows where to go on the ice. He's got a great finishing touch. Uh, but he's also able to uh, to distribute the puck offensively. Um, however, uh, and well, I think that he would be a top ten pick if he wasn't playing so much on the perimeter. He, he tends to play on the outside, uh, but that might be because he plays in Europe, and that's kind of a style there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know if you watch a lot of uh, Europe games, but uh, players do tend to stay on the outside and right. try to pass on the inside, but they they, they, they don't usually uh, go to the net that much. 
and uh and it might be because uh, of the larger eyes that's what, also. I, was, that's what I was wondering yeah yeah, yeah. And, and the defense um the, the the defenses in Europe they tend to play a kind of a collapse defense where they they really protect the inside so it's harder for a player to uh just uh, rush in um which, which is what uh a player like Lundell that we talked about earlier mm-hmm. is good at even in Europe so that's very impressive but most players do tend to play more of a, uh, an outside game style. Uh, and But for Gunler, it would really help him if uh, he went a bit more into traffic and went more to the front of the net. And that might come uh, in, in, in the next few years and he might uh, uh, become some kind of a steal. Yeah. But uh, we'll see. But that's why I have him for the Mustangs. He, he's a high ceiling guy that could develop into a, a high point producer but he's less safe than uh, many of the other guys that went ahead. Right. And so that takes us to number 19 in the Steelhawks, where I have Noel Noel Gunler. The Steelhawks picked already at number five. Um, Again, needs lots of needs, but they have a couple defensemen in the system in Romanov and York that are under 23 that are going to make an impact, a big impact one day. But uh, I have them with Noel Gunler. And, you know, he got... He had... He got a bad rap this year um, from uh, that was talked around the scouting community. But from the from the stuff that I've heard uh, from the like the write ups from his coaches at different levels and stuff this year uh, or his team this year, uh, nothing, nothing like that. Um, they were they just had really good things to say. And even the coaches that had him in previous years had good things to say about him. Um, I know that there's been some other players that that that's come up with, uh, like uh, maybe uh, an attitude or something like this. But uh, but his uh, I, I I'm wondering if that was a little bit overblown for him, um, and he sure has the talent. I I mean a lot of I think there was a lot of speculation when he didn't make the um, the U18 team or the World Junior team, um, but I think a lot of that might have just been speculation. I don't know. I'm I'm not. I wasn't there, obviously. But I think uh, this guy has the the record to speak for itself, and that he can he can really put the puck in the net. If you look at last year um, in his uh, in his in his 16 year old season, he scored at an insane rate in uh, in the Swedish junior, right? So um, yeah, yeah, really good goal scorer. Um, and then he, and he he has other parts of the game as well. Like he can he can drive some play as well and. He didn't do bad bad at all in the uh, SHCHL, which we talked about already being really tough for a for a a young player um, to to produce in that league, and he he did not look bad. Yeah, I uh, I agree with that. Uh, I had since I had him uh, already at eighteen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and for for the Steelhawks, I do have uh, my next uh, eye ceiling guy, but with some risks. Which is uh, Jacob Perro okay. uh, from Sarnia. Um, I think that he's a dynamic scorer with great hands. He has possibly the best hands in the draft. Mm-hmm. Can stick handle really well. Uh, he's got moves offensively. He can split the defense, um, and he's got a 
while he's not the biggest, he's got a stocky build, so uh, he's hard to knock off the puck. Mm-hmm. Um, however, he he does uh, tend to play mostly in the offensive zone. Uh, his effort level is very inconsistent, and he well he, he goes to to score. That that's what he does. And the rest of his game, uh, he has to improve it if he wants to be effective as a pro player. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so so that's what I have on uh, Jacob Perrault. And I think he's got upside um, to be a second-line scoring winger as well. Right. And he really ha- didn't have much around him this year, right? Uh, he, uh, when he went, he, he had, uh, I think, later in the year when he got, when he was moved, he got, he was, he had... Was he, did he get moved this year, or was it Ryan Suzuki that got moved? But I thought I thought Perot got Suzuki. moved. Pardon me. I think it's Suzuki. That right, gets Suzuki moved. got moved there, and so he finally had somebody to play with because he really didn't have much uh, before that. I noticed, um, but yeah, boy, can he score! And another thing that I thought really improved for them this year was his skating as well. Like that was talked a lot about uh, last year for him, but I thought his skating was was not. Was not bad this year. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I I think he's got a, a bad reputation mm-hmm. for his skating, but uh, I think his skating is good. Yeah. It's just that he doesn't always move his feet. Right. So so th- th- that's a difference. You you can be a fast skater, but you uh, you don't move your your, your feet that much. So. Uh, you don't look fast, even though you can go very, really fast. Right. And uh, that's a part of the game uh, that Pero has to uh, to improve uh, to be efficient at the next level. Right. But I mean, but scoring it's kind of important, and uh, he, he sure can. Right. Uh, all right. Let's move on. Next, we have the Cougars again. Uh, the Cougars who picked not a bad player, number one overall, Alexis Lafreniere. Uh, they, I, this time they're going to go with a defenseman. Um, they, we talked about some of the players they have in the system, but like Dylan Strom, now Alexis Lafreniere, <laughs> uh, Alex Newhook, um, on defense, Vakanainen, and I believe Bodie Wilds there now and Sorokin in that. So this time they go with a defenseman as they pick that, uh, that general, generational player up front at first. So they go with Braden Schneider on defense. Well, I, I do have the same player as you for uh, the Cougars there. Oh, I perfect. do have uh, Braden Schneider. So, uh, Tom, we picked your entire draft in the first round for you. You don't <laughs> even need to show up. We've already got your, your two players, Lafreniere and uh, and Schneider. But Braden Schneider, what do you what are your thoughts on Braden Schneider? Uh, well, uh, he's a big mobile puck moving defenseman. He's excellent to uh, shut down the opposition. Um, what I like is that while he's physical in front of the net and in the corners, he's also uh, he also has a very active stick on defense. So um, if I compare him to Caden Gulley, which I still haven't picked, uh, instead of taking him himself out of position, if uh, if he would do that by being physical, instead of that he will use his stick. So. I think he has a good mix of uh, being physical and using his stick at the right time. Um, I also think that his offensive game has developed this year mm-hmm. and he, he reads the play well, um, which helps him do the right 
plays in transition and offensively. Uh, so he's, he's going to be a, a good uh, supporting player um, offensively. He won't drive the offense, but he won't be uh, a deterrent to, to, to offense either. So that's what I have uh, for uh, Braden Schneider. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think yeah, the, he definitely uh, developed um, this year offensively, and, and just his vision, I thought, was a lot better. Um, uh, his skating is good. It's not at Caden uh, Gooley level, of course, but um, really, he's, he's his own player, and uh, I, I think that uh, that his skating is actually very good still. Um, but well, for, for a two hundred ten yeah. pounds guy, he moves really well. Right. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I think all around he's just an excellent all round player. Uh, I think he could have a top line pairing potential, not as the offense guy, but uh, but to take care of everything else and still still be able to transition um, and uh, and just you, you do still. I think you to be a top line uh, defender, even if you're the, the the defensive guy of the of the pair. I still th- I think you need to have the smarts to be able to play with that other guy. Um, and he's got that in my opinion. So to, I think with his size, with, uh, with the way he uses his size, his, his, uh, his feet and, uh, and everything and how he plays the game, I think he could be a top line defender, which when I'm saying that, I'm wondering why I didn't pick him to some, some team earlier, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's well, how I uh, see Braden Schneider. I have the same report, uh, as you, uh, and I think that, uh, maybe I wouldn't label him as a first pairing but I think that he's going to be a big minute eater okay. like he's going to be to, to play easily 22-24 minutes but if you're if you're behind by one goal maybe you won't be the first well depending on who you have on defense but if you have good offensive defensemen right. uh, he won't be the guy that you'll put on the ice uh, to, to, to get back in the game but if if the score is even, or if you're at one goal, is going to get a lot of ice time. Right. Absolutely. Okay, so we'll move on to the Monarchs now. Uh, the London Monarchs here, they're, they're players that are under 23 or under and uh, will have a big impact. And one of them is having a real big impact already. Um, Sebastian Ajo, the Ford Sebastian Ajo, that is. Uh, Noah Hannafin, Jake Bean, Jet Wu, and already in net Mackenzie Blackwood. So they've got uh, they've got lots all over. Um, I went with Rodion Amirov here. They already they are they are not afraid to go with the Russians. Uh, they have Ovechkin, uh, Kovalchuk, uh, Gusev, and so they are not afraid to go with the Russians. They I think I see them picking Amirov. You talked about Amirov earlier. Um, just an excellent all-round player. Um, I, any any small physical uh, problems that are not problems, but uh, just lack of the body maturing mate right now. I think that develops no problem. I think this is an excellent all-round player for for the Monarchs. Yourself? Well, uh, since Amirov was already off the board, mm-hmm. I couldn't. Uh, well, th- there wasn't any other Russian uh, in that range uh, for me. So, well, maybe maybe someone could stretch and talk about uh, Kuznetsov, but uh, I don't think that he's 
is worthy of uh, of the twenty first selection. So instead, I went with uh, Maverick Borg, okay, uh, from uh, the Shawinigan Cataract, who who had a great uh, QNJHL season last year with seventy one points in forty nine games. Um, what I have on on Borg is he's a really smart player that uh, acts on offensive opportunities. So if you if you leave him some room uh, in the offensive zone, he's going to use it to his profit and generate scoring opportunities. Um, and while he's a good passer, he also has a very good shot. And maybe, he, in my opinion, he should use a shot more than he does because he's got a great shot uh, and he could score even more at, a, at an even higher pace than what he did last year. Um, other than other than that, why I don't have him higher is because I think he needs to improve his consistency. Mm. Um, I watched uh, Shawinigan uh, around 15 times last year, and he doesn't always impact the game. Sometimes, he, sometimes I had to check uh, the score sheet to make sure that he was playing in the game. Uh, and I did that like in the second period, so that's not too uh, too good. Um, but when he is on, uh, he is really good. And I did find that uh, he improved in his consistency uh, in the later part of the year. So uh, when I watched his last five, six games, he was always good. Um, so that might be something that he's always he's already worked a bit on. Uh, I have him as a projection, uh, as a, a second line scoring center in the at the pro level. Okay, right on. Yeah, he. Uh, I. I would. Uh, I would say exactly all the things that you said from what I actually saw of him. Now I wasn't able to see much of him this year. Um, uh, really, what I've seen of him are highlights, and so then you don't get the rest of that game. Um, maybe some of the inconsistencies and stuff, right? You you see the highlights of a player and they look amazing, <laughs> right? If that's all yeah. you're seeing from a guy. Um, but I, I really, for myself, didn't see as a lot. So I went I went from a lot of what I was reading, um, and of course seeing those highlights uh, looked like a really good playmaker. Um, but yeah, but, uh, what what you said there is is definitely from uh, very similar to a lot of stuff I was reading on him. Okay. And if uh, if someone wants to uh, to to check out more of his game other than highlights uh, on YouTube, there's a report by uh, Draft Dynasty okay. on uh, Maverick Bork, and uh, I think his uh, report for Bork is uh, is pretty accurate okay. from what I've seen. Right on. I'll check that out. I'm writing that down right now. Draft <laughs> Dynasty. <laughs> Anything I, uh, else I couldn't get to. Uh... Give any kind of advantage would be great. All right, so draft dynasty. Yeah, All right. As a caveat, uh, I would say that I don't agree with all draft dynasties reports. Yeah. So he, he, he has his own point of view, mm -hmm. and uh, when I watch the same players, uh, I don't always get the same read. Mm -hmm. But for Maverick Bork, uh, I, I I agree with him, and he he saw the same things that I did. So. Okay. And that's it with the with the scouting community and 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 uh, so many people that are putting out lists and and everything and 
um, there is that, that just massive range, right? Um, be, between people and when they're seeing people uh, and uh, some of the most um, respected scouts in the world. The, the, I've heard them on a number of uh, number of uh, shows this year and, and debating where they have one guy and one guy has the one guy at 20 and another guy has them at 45 kind of thing, right? So, um, Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and even the guys at the top. Yeah, that's right. We had we had similar lists, but uh, I was I was actually quite surprised that our, our lists were so similar. <laughs> hearing all those other ones, but uh, but yeah, it's been good good so far. All right, so that was where was that? That was the Monarchs. All right, so yeah. the next pick in the draft, the Reykjavik Riders, the uh, 2019 SICHL Continental Cup champions. In the system, they have a couple guys that are going to be future impact players or already at the 23 or under, like uh, Point, Sorelli, Beauvillier, Bokage, um, Kaprizov um, on the back end, Dermot, um, and uh, Inet Berdin. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, but uh, anyway, so <laughs> I, I don't know either. <laughs> just a ton, just a ton coming up in the pipeline for forwards. So I went, uh, I went with a defenseman here. And I went with uh, Poirier uh, out of the QMJHL. Um, there's another guy that I thought just did not have the supporting cast around him. And I thought it changed his game a lot, personally. Um, I thought through the year uh, he started making... I mean, he, he's just, he is a very offensive defenseman and just incredible skills in the offensive zone. He doesn't make the greatest reads uh defensively all the time but i thought that really was um was really uh a spotlight was put on that throughout like as the year went on because i felt like for myself it looked like he felt like he had to do everything and therefore put himself in some situations maybe he wouldn't have if he had a bit more talent around him or if the team wasn't you know down a goal or two or three so yeah, well, uh, Poirier is for sure a polarizing prospect in this draft, and uh, and, and Draft Dynasty has a has a report on him that you would agree mostly with. Okay. Um, however, uh, I did watch a, a ton of uh, of St. John's games as well. The, the QMJHL is is the league that I watch the most. Right. I watched. Uh, about 15 games of, for all the teams in the league. Um, and Poirier is, um, is a difficult case to assess because I really didn't like how he played in the QMGHL. Uh, however, he was fairly good at uh, the top prospect, the CHL top prospect game. Mm -hmm. And mostly... Um, I do think that he did play for himself when playing for St. John's. Uh, he played like he was playing pond hockey. Like uh, he didn't really care about back checking or uh, he didn't really care if he was if he was taking the right man on defense. We just he just looked like a player that went wherever he wanted regardless of where he should be on the ice uh, and um, he did shoot from 
Oh, every time he had the puck in the offensive zone, he would rarely pass the puck. He would always shoot, regardless of if he had a good angle or not. Um, that's the sad part because he is really talented. Really, yeah. He's probably one of the best puck handler. Uh, he, he's incredible at stick handling. Um, he's got uh, a good skating and he's got a very good shot. And when he wants to play a good game, like he did at the CHL Top Prospect game, he's actually fairly good on defense. Well, not fairly good. He's adequate on, on defense. <laughs> and he, he takes the right assignments. Um, but I do have concerns about a player that plays for himself and that doesn't seem to care whether his team gets scored on or not. Mm -hmm. um, so so I'm a bit down on Poirier compared to, uh, to, to, to the the different lists uh, because of that. And he's the classic case of very high ceiling, hard to project. Um, for, if you take Anthony Manta, uh, who didn't really care that much either when he was drafted, like I, I told earlier, if he becomes uh, serious in his preparation and he works on his game, uh, he could be uh, a really one of the best defenders in this draft, but um, will he? And that's right. a, a, a big question because, uh, well, <laughs> as amateurs, we don't get to uh, interview him. Um, we don't get to the feel of, do we think he, he will work on this? So, uh, so that's why I'm a bit down on uh, on Poirier. Mm -hmm. And you know, I think maybe I, uh, for myself, I, this might be a trend because uh, I, I picked my I, in 2018. I picked a player that uh, that was very similar to that in uh, Ryan Merkley, in around the same range. Um, and and those kind of guys, I think you know that they, when they have that much talent, for myself. I, I get. I think it's just because I want to believe. Oh, they're gonna they're gonna turn around, and then I'm gonna have the steal of the draft right here. All these people passed on this guy because of these other issues, and uh, look what I got. But um, but yeah, no, it's it's a big red flag for sure, right? Um, and you you pointed out some some great points there, and uh, that's gonna have to really change. How about yourself? Who for the riders? Who would uh, <laughs> who do you think Sylvain would take? <laughs> Well, at this point, I, I have uh, John Jason Paterka. Okay. And uh, why I have him there is because I think that, uh, well, first of all, I, I like how he plays. I think he, he's an aggressive skater. Uh, he always plays at full speed, which at the same time um, is one of his flaws because he, he doesn't change his tempo. So he's a bit predictable mm -hmm. or he, he won't uh, he will pass on some opportunities because he he will uh, he will get to the offensive zone and he won't have support and he won't wait for support so he'll end up uh, trying something and losing the puck but that's something that uh, he could work out in the future um, he does have a hard and accurate shot um, other than that, he, he's not shy of involving himself physically, and he's a good 
complementary player. Uh, at the World Junior Championship, he was really good with uh, Stutzel. And uh, Stutzel would find him and he, he would use a shot to, to score. So uh, at the World Junior Championship, uh, he, he had six points in seven games, including four goals. I think he, he had a, a good tournament. Um, so uh, th that's where I have him uh, around uh, 22nd. And I think he's got the upside to become a second line scoring winger. Yeah, yeah. For me, he has that motor that just doesn't stop, right? He just go, 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 go. Just, and he's got the talent to go with it, right? So, a really good yeah. player there. I think Sylvain would be very happy with that pick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's yeah, move yeah. to the Kansas City Crunch at 23. Um, so, Kansas City Crunch. Here's another team like the Riders. Don't have many needs at all. Uh, some of the players they have that are impact players already or, or go, going to be future impact players, Austin Matthews, Nico Heischer, Matt Boldy, Trevor Zegras, um, Ryan Suzuki on uh, defense, Aaron Ekblad and uh, uh, Sandine. And in that, and that, again, this guy is 24 in the SICHL, but uh, as, as a goalie, that's pretty great to be, already be in there, and that's uh, Shishterkin. So I think they're set in goal. Um, so I went with a defenseman for the crunch myself, uh, Emil Andre. Uh, I didn't go with Emil Andre. I went with uh, Brendan Brisson. And right. Uh, well, you see, Emil Andre is uh, is a guy that I don't have much to say about. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> If you don't have anything good to say, don't say anything at all. Okay. No, no, actually, um, I think I seen him play in the Super Elite, mm -hmm. but uh, he didn't leave uh, that much of an impression. So I, I don't have, a, I might have notes somewhere about him, but I don't quite remember how he played. So I don't. Uh, I wouldn't be able to contribute on this right. one, so I'll let, okay. I'll let you do his description. Sure, sure. So, I mean, he's a smaller player. He's, he's definitely leaning to, towards that um, modern-day um, NHL, or sorry, Nahal defenseman or SICHL defenseman. Um, but he's definitely a smaller guy. Will that will he be able to translate it to the uh, the SICHL with his skating? His, his uh, skating is not top-end. And for a small guy, that's going to be tough. But he does have he does have great vision. Um, he has he has a lot of skill. He really can walk like walk that line um, and find and find lanes. Um, he has a good shot from the, from back there. And in Swedish junior, he really uh, really dominated that back end. Um, he had he wasn't. Uh, yeah, he he really there's he's in that group. There's a there's three Swedish defensemen that that are just all over the place on on different people's scouting lists um, with him and Volander and uh, Granz. Um, some people have like one of them like in the 20s or maybe even the late teens, and then and then another guy in the 40s and another guy 60, right? And then it, it just jumps around from from each one to each one. Uh, I just think that the game for defensemen is changing so much. I think he can make an impact. Um, so that's where I see him. I, I think that, um, yeah, I think that he can, 
he can really uh, just uh, use his brain to 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 put him there. Yeah. Well, uh, while you uh, while you were talking about him, mm -hmm. uh, I went back and uh, find my notes about Andre. Yeah. And uh, well, I, I didn't see him that much. I maybe saw him uh, five times. Uh, but I preferred like uh, Anton Johansson to okay. Emil Andre, who, who they were both playing on the same team. And uh, basically, uh, about Emil Andre, he's got the the three strikes that uh, will make a defenseman drop on, on my list. Okay. Uh, which is, he's a very average to. Uh, I would say he's uh, under average in his skating and mobility uh he's small but he does play physical but he's still small and uh, uh in the super elite uh all the players are relatively small so it, it doesn't really uh, affect his game that much but i i wondered if he was playing against a bigger stronger competition if he he would be able to handle them and also uh and the third strike is that I, I think he's, uh, he's lacking uh, defensively. Um, so, uh, so when a player, when a defenseman is small, uh, as under average skating and is not uh, that, well, he's under average, in my opinion, defensively, uh, they drop on my list. So that, that's why I didn't have any uh, notes at hand and he wasn't memorable to me <laughs> right and because he, uh when, when i watched him play he's the kind of player that uh i wouldn't draft right and, and when you say me. it like that uh, <laughs> he he may have just dropped on my list as well <laughs> when you when you put it that way it's, it's a pretty good point sir all right well, no, he for does yourself. have good points as well because yeah. i didn't know that he, he was a good stick handler and offensively uh he's pretty good mm -hmm. But uh, you have to wonder how we will translate that to uh, to right. the pros. Yeah, and absolutely. when you look at the other small defensemen like uh, Tori Krug, uh, he, he lacks. Uh, he, he's not as dynamic and he's not as good defensively. So he, he has a lot to work on. So right. and that's my opinion, of yeah. course. And like you said, many scouts, many different opinions. <laughs> right, right. And yourself for the crunch. Uh, uh, for the crunch, well, I have uh, Brendan Brisson there. Right. Yes, you. Uh, right. Yeah. And about Brisson, there's something particular, and um, he was playing on the Chicago Steel, and they were really the top team in the USHL. They had they had uh, a lot of talent offensively, and uh, when I was talking about the challenges of uh, scouting, uh, this is one of the challenges. Um, and it's partly because uh, since he's playing on, on a, such a good team, his stats might be a bit inflated. And he had 59 points in 45 games, 24 goals, which usually for the USHL would place him as a top-end prospect. I do think he's really good. Um, he's, got, uh, he's an excellent four-way skater. And he will use his skating to uh, open passing lanes offensively. He's very intelligent, uh, a bit like uh, Connor Zari, uh, and he plays at the high pace. Uh, and because of that, he, he did rise uh, up to, to the list because uh, those are 
um, projectable at the next level. Uh, while the technical skills can improve, it's rare that a player will become better at, at anticipating the plays and at, uh, at being intelligent about his choice of, uh, of plays on the ice. So that's why I have him at 23 for the crunch. And I do have him as a projected second line scoring center. Yeah, yeah, he's a he's an excellent player, and I think for him, um, just he he had a different circumstance than most guys uh, growing up. He had the chance. I, I've read, anyways, that he had the chance to to be on the ice with guys like McKinnon and and uh, Crosby and these type guys, and and you you just it sounds like he was really taking stuff in. When he was out there with them, so um, that yeah, well, can, that's that can lead to another he, level, right? In in a guy's uh, thinking. But you know why he had that opportunity? Of course, it's because he's the son of yeah. uh, Pat Brisson, absolutely, with the, the the top agent in the in the SHL. Absolutely, yes, he is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, moving on from the crunch at twenty three, we uh, we move to the revolution. Uh, Havana, they have they have a couple of guys that are that are decent that are um, going to make some sort of impact that are 23 or under. One of them is named Connor McDavid. Uh, they have Brett, Jesper Bratt, Sam Steele on the back end, Jacob Chikrin, Thomas Harley. Well, I think a really underrated guy right there. I like I like Thomas Harley a lot. Uh, by the way, uh, Jeff, if you're listening, I'll be uh, sending you an email for for a little <laughs> offer later. And uh, and in Kakanen, uh, yeah, Kak. Uh, Kakanen and Net. So while they're pretty much covered everywhere, um, I went with uh, Jacob Perot for them. Um, just a guy who who can really, like you said, really put that puck in the net. He is he's an incredible goal scorer and and right up there, like you said, with um, with Holtz and uh, and some of the other top uh, Jack Quinn, some of the top scorers in the draft. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, like uh, like we talked about earlier, I think he's he's come a long ways in his skating. Um, it sounds like he needs to uh, give that effort a little bit more consistently. But uh, yeah, Jacob Perot to the Revolution. I think the Revolution would be very happy with him at 24. Yeah, well, at 24 uh, for the Revolution, when I looked at their draft history, they seem to uh, go with uh, with players that have dropped. A bit, so I went with Caden uh, Gouley there because since he wasn't selected yet on my list, mm-hmm. uh, I, I thought that you would be a, a good fit there, uh, considering that uh, he could go a lot higher than a 24 in uh, some other league. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, but we already uh, talked about Caden yeah. Gouley. So, and I, but I think at this point he would be a, a solid choice for uh, the Revolution. For sure, for sure. Okay, let's move on then to the Acadia Golden Bears. Um, the actual they they won the Presidents Cup this year with the most points in in the entire SICHL. Uh, they have a number of players uh, that are that are 23 or under and and looking to make a huge impact and. Uh, some of them are Brock Besser, Kyler Yamamoto, Tyson Yost, Adam Beckman, who uh, led the WHL this year in scoring, uh, Brandon Carlo, Ethan Bear, Yusuf Alamaki, and Annette uh, Sogard. So 
So while they are very well-rounded, I thought just best player available, we'll go with uh, Maverick Bork there. And you talked a lot about Maverick Bork earlier, um, and I'm in uh, complete agreement. He's an excellent playmaker, uh, but uh, yeah. Yourself for the yeah, Canadian for, Golden for, Bears? <laughs> well, for the Golden Bears, uh, when I looked at their draft history, what I noticed is that they tend to... Uh, to go with guys that they think have a lot of upside and might uh, might be considered reaches. But in this case, it might not. It will depend on what happens on October 7th or uh, October 6th and October 7th uh, this year. Uh, but I selected uh, Lucas Reichel for uh, the Golden Bears at that rank. Okay. A great and, player himself. He very well-rounded player, I thought, Lucas Reichel. He does seems to do everything well. Yourself? Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much my my read as well. Uh, he did play in the the top German league. Yeah. He had 24 points in 42 games, which is pretty good playing with men. Mm -hmm. um, I think that uh, he's got excellent feet, uh, which means that. He, He's both good. Uh, he's but both fast going uh, in straight line, and he's also uh, good mobility uh, when he, he moves east to west. Um, also, I think that he's good at making plays at top speed, and that's not all players that. Sometimes the players have to slow down before they make the plays, and uh, but he can play. He can make plays at top speed, no problem. Uh, he's good around the net. He's got a quick release on his shot. Um, and the only knock I have for Lucas Reichel is that uh, sometimes he tends to uh, play pretty. Uh, so uh, what, what I mean is that he, sometimes he's too fancy and uh, he will turn the puck over. Uh, and that might not translate that well unless he cleans up his game. Uh, which is entirely possible, mm -hmm. but I, I have him as a future uh, second line scoring winger, which has, which is extremely good value at 25th. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so let's move on now to the Norsemen. Um, and the Norsemen, they have some great under or 23 or under uh, impact players in Matt Barzell, uh, Kemp, uh, Samuel Fagamo. Uh, Patrick Poulin, Dominic Bach, and on defense, Adam Fox. So um, they had, there's a lot of forwards there. So I to uh, restock the shelves uh, in the defensive uh, area, I went with Helge Granz. Well, uh, <laughs> I went with, the, <clears throat> sorry, I went with the tradition in the SIHL, which is, to uh, pick forwards before picking demon. Yeah. And <laughs> uh, so I went with Hendrix Lapierre for okay. uh, the Norseman at this uh, point. All right. So Lapierre. But maybe we, you can, maybe you want to talk about uh, LJ Grants first. Sure. sure. So um, Grants, he, uh, you know, he, a lot, a lot of people saw some of the stuff he did. Um, uh, how he played at uh, an in, one of the international tournaments. I can't remember the, which one it was off the top of my head last year where he just couldn't seem to do anything right. He, he really was, really struggled in that tournament. And I thought a lot of minds were made up at that point, but 
I watched, I was able to see a bit of them this year. Um, um, I guess more highlights than, than, uh, than, than other things, but, um, he, he looked like he took a step this year and, and that player that he was at that tournament didn't seem to be what I was seeing. Um, and then also from what I was reading from, from, uh, a lot of, uh, I think the more reputable sources out there um, that he that he really was thinking the game a lot more than than how, how he had at that tournament. Um, he's an excellent skater. He's a he's a big defenseman. Um, he plays with he plays with compete. Uh, like he's 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 always in the play. Um, he's a skilled player. Um, and I and again I thought his uh, I thought how he thought the game. Uh, what I saw was was pretty good over the year, and you know, you tend to see from those guys that uh, that aren't that can't think the game too well. You tend to see highlights that are lowlights, and I wasn't seeing those from him this year. You, you sure saw those after that uh, international tournament, but um, but you didn't see them popping up on Twitter and and all these other places where where people tend to really. <laughs> Drive drive down a, a player's stock by uh, by showing those showing those negative uh, negative uh, things. You're also seeing you're also seeing the highlights, of course, as well. The the great things that they're doing. But um, if the if that comes out of somebody's game where they can where they can not really think it too well and make some some bad mistakes, that gets shown a lot. Um, and I didn't see that from him this year. Not yeah, that. Well, I... I do agree with you overall, but there's a quote I, I read about him that I think resumes his game pretty well, which is, uh, the quote is, skilled blue liner creates chances at both ends. Okay. <laughs> right. I, I think that's uh, accurate. Uh, well, I do like his game. I think that uh, he's, uh, he's a big uh, defenseman. He has size. He's a... Uh, uh, good puck handler, he can make uh, very good uh, heady passes, but uh, he needs to improve in his zone. Right, but that's workable. Yeah, but uh, yeah. And I couldn't remember. It was it was the Linka that I was thinking of. It was it, I was wondering if it was that or the EU18, and I couldn't remember off the top of my head. But it was the Linka. He had a bad Linka, um, but yeah. But yeah. So uh, how about yourself? You at uh, this is well, uh, 26. Yeah. yeah at at 26, I have uh, Hendrix Lapierre. All right. Uh, I figured that uh, the Norseman could take a chance on a player. Mm -hmm. um, Hendrix Lapierre was uh, great at the Linka tournament last year in 2019. He was uh, probably the best player for Team Canada. But then he did not have a, a good start of the year with uh, Shikutsumi. And uh, the games that I watched him play with Shikutsumi, uh, he didn't play like a top. Uh, like a first rounder. Uh, however, uh, he might have been. Uh, well, he, he does have uh, uh, injury concerns. Yeah, absolutely. For, for, yeah, he had the, an history of concussions, and um, his season was ended early because they thought he had another concussion. It turns out that it might have been a neck injury mm -hmm. and that it might have affected his play with Shikutsumi. But when he was playing with Shikutsumi, he was playing um, scared, I thought. 
So, and that's not good. You would really just uh, rather drop the puck than get hit. And that might be because of his injury concerns and his perceived problems with uh, concussions. Um, but that seems to be uh, over now because uh, he was diagnosed with a neck injury and he has spent uh, the whole winter and the whole summer uh, in rehab. And uh, so far this year, he's been uh, dynamite in the QMJHL. Uh, it's still early, but uh, he seems to have healed uh, completely. Um, and on the good side for Hendrix Lapierre, uh, like I said, he was great at the Linka in 2019. Mm -hmm. uh, he's a very agile skater. He's got uh, very good mobility. He's uh, one of the top playmaker in the draft. Uh, he's he's really a high-end puck distributor. So if you pair him with a good goal scorer like he is right now, uh, with Mercer playing on his wing, uh, he really drives offense that way. So. Um, in my opinion, he could be a first-line center in the NHL, but he's got uh, injury history that's a bit concerning, uh, and that might be uh, problematic in the future. So that's why, in my opinion, he drops to 26. Because if he didn't have injury problems, injury concerns, I think that he might be a top 15 guy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I mean... Um, if you're, if you're in pain like that, like with a neck injury, um, not just concussion, the concussions are bad enough, but you're, if you're in pain like that, I mean, any, like any jolt, any, uh, I'd be dropping the puck too. <laughs> I would not, I'm, I'm out of here. I'm not going to be, uh, taking this. You, you take it <laughs> kind of thing. Right. And, um, yeah. so, so we can see how that would totally affect his season. Uh, his previous season, his draft minus two year, he was fantastic. Right. Um, as a 16 year old, right. he was just incredible in the queue. So um, and then, like you said, in the, uh, just an awesome uh, uh, Linka. And so I really hope for all the best for him and, and uh, good health for him. Uh, never want to see anybody um, fighting through those kind of injuries and for for their life as well. Right. Like, uh, yeah, right. Yeah. And I. And that's why I think he's a good match for the Norseman at 26 because they've got already uh, uh, good young players so they can take a chance right. on, on a Lapierre. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they have a lot of a lot of talent and and it's it's yeah, it's mostly these teams now that that are full of full of excellent players that can take those chances, right? The ones that you're going to find usually at the back end of the draft. Uh, because they're they're so good, <laughs> they're, that's why they're picking so late. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, so now we go to the Fire Ants, Philadelphia Fire Ants, and uh, and Norm has some decent players there on that are 23 or under, like uh, Timo Meyer, Drake Batherson on defense, Nils Lundqvist, and Dan Vlader in net. Um, so kind of needs needs uh, everywhere, not not. Huge needs, but uh, I guess they're all pretty even. So, um, like you said, the SICHL way is to go forward. If uh, if all in, if anything's in doubt, go forward. And uh, I have uh, John Jason Paterka and that great motor that uh, that you talked about, and and that uh, go all out all the time guy that has a lot of skill. Yeah, well, s since he's already taken yeah. on my muck. Uh, um, I don't have Paterka for the Fire Ants, but I do have uh, Tyson Forster for okay. them. 
and uh, he was playing for the Barry Coles uh, this year, uh, 80 points in 62 games, 36 goals. Um, there's a lot of positive about Forster. He's got elite vision, hockey sense. Uh, he's one of the best shooter in the draft. He plays a physical game. So on skills alone, I think that he could challenge for a top 10 selection. However, uh, he's got a, a really big drawback, which is his skating, which is really terrible. Um, and even in the OHL, he's slow in transition. So <laughs> at the next level, if he can't improve that, he's going to, uh, to, to be a specialist because he won't be able to, to play regularly on the top line unless he really improves the skating. And it's a real cause for concern. I think he's the worst skater in the old draft. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> but once again, we're at 27th. So if you have the chance to have a guy that can potentially improve his skating and is a top 10 uh, selection based on skills alone, if you exclude skating, then maybe it's not uh, that bad of a, a selection at this point. Right. So I have him as a potential goal scoring forward and where he ends up will depend on how he improves his skating in the future. But right now, uh, it's really bad. He, he, he won't be able to, uh, to work in transition at the higher level, uh, at the higher levels. But then again, um, I remember that uh, um, another guy from uh, from the Q, uh, no, from the OHL, wasn't that good. Oh, the brother of uh, Nick Robertson, Jason yeah. Robertson. He he wasn't that good a skater as well in the OHL, and so far he's done pretty good Absolutely. at the AHL level. Uh, so 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 you don't know with these guys any. These, they've got the skills to produce at the pro level. Uh, they just need to, to work on one thing. And if they can do it, uh, they'll be really good value for the team that picks them at this point of the draft. For sure. All right. So the Firehounds getting getting one of two great players there. Uh, we're moving next to the Mustangs. The Calgary Mustangs are picking again. Uh, they picked 18th earlier. Um, I went with a, a forward there for them, Jan Mizek. Uh This time, uh, well, I'm going again with the forward for them, uh, Lucas Reichel. And uh, I know you talked about him earlier. And yeah, I just Reichel's. There's, it's just he seems to be good at every everything, not great at anything. But but hey, I'll take somebody that's good at everything. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, like you said, a very smooth skater. Um, and uh, I think the Mustangs would be really happy with him there at 28. Uh, you won't be able to pick him because you've already picked him somewhere else, so who are you going with uh, for the Mustangs at 28? Well, we still have some connection there because Jan Maisak still ends up uh, as oh, great. a Mustang. There we go. <laughs> but I have him uh, with at 28, yeah. and uh, the reason why I have him at 28, he could be higher, but uh, I chose uh, players that may have higher upside. I think that Mysak is a, a very safe pick uh, if he, he keeps on with the high energy style. Um, he's going to to play at the pro level. 
Uh, I'm just not sure that he has top line, uh, that he, he, he could, that he has a ceiling high enough to play on the first line. Mm-hmm. I think that he projects more as a middle six winger, but one that uh, plays in all situations. Is uh, like uh, like we we said earlier, is very good on the PK. So I think that uh, at 28 is a really good value pick. Right on. Yeah. Just may not have the vision, but but everything else is really good there for him, um, from what I've seen. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. Okay, so we move to the final pick of the first round. Um, this is the Montreal Millionaires with their first selection of the draft. Um, normally, it's the uh, the SICHL champs, which was the Nova Scotia Schooners picking here, but uh, Montreal was able to get back into the first round and uh, and make a selection here because after they traded their pick away, so they've got immense immense talent up front that is 23 or under. Uh, Patrick Liney, uh, Mitch Marner, Andre Svechnikov, Cole Caulfield, Travis Konechny. Yikes. Uh, on the back end, they have this is a spot that I I'd always thought that they were lacking a bit, but they've actually brought in some really really good talent and 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 developed some really good talent in their in their system, and that's uh, Samuel Gerard and and Travis Sanheim, and then uh, Vene Valbelain in in uh, in net. So I, I'm going to continue with that defense look as there as there's just no room for anybody up front. So I go I went with uh, Justin Barron from Halifax of the QMJHL. Well, I, I do agree with you that uh, they need a defenseman and looking at their uh, draft track record, uh, I think that uh, they tend to go with uh, the best player available. It's just happened that it was forwards in the, Every time. In the past few years. <laughs> but <laughs> but I, I do think they'll go with a defenseman, but I went with uh, a different one. I went with uh, William Wallander okay. here. Yeah. So do you want to start with Baron or Sure, sure. So Baron had uh, Baron had some injury problems leading into the years here and and like we you talked about with um uh with uh La, um Lapierre. Yeah, Lapierre. Uh that they they can really affect I think they can really affect a player's uh year. Um and I think that happened to Justin Baron. I think he's also a guy that had been um had been looked at for a long time as as a high pick and and when he came back and not I believe not at full strength um, I think that, that affected things for him. His vision isn't isn't top end, but uh, he's a, a big big defenseman at six one one ninety five. I mean not huge, but but big and he's a great skater, uh, especially for his size, but. Uh, uh, on top of that, he's a right shot defenseman, and uh, those those are not uh, a dime a dozen. Um, he competes well, um, and I think he put up something like 19 points in the 34 games that he did play. So I think coming off an injury um, with uh, with a shortened season, um, still being able to do that much um, is actually pretty good uh, from the back end. Um, and I think he's a guy that can be relied upon in in a number of situations, uh, but he's not gonna he's not gonna be your top offensive guy, that's for sure. But uh, he's gonna be able to be in that second second pairing, um, and uh, and the shutdown guy of that maybe maybe a twenty minute a, a night defenseman, which are on the right hand side, which are very valuable, I think. 
Yeah, well, uh, I agree with you. Uh, I, I, I really like uh, Justin Barron's game. And uh, I think that a lot of uh, the context around, around the team uh, explains uh, why he didn't have such a great year. Okay. Um, the Mooseheads, uh, they were on a down year. And they, they basically traded all their good players, which were uh, who were Raphael Lavoie and uh, Benoit Olivier Grou. Uh, they also had Maxime Trepanier that they traded. They traded all their players early in the year, and uh, Justin Barron he came back uh, when they were traded. So he, the team was really poor, played really poor, and he just had no support. Uh, <laughs> he he. He didn't have support either offensively or defensively. It was crazy. I watched the games and um, it was one of the worst teams in in the QMGHL once they traded their better players. Um, offensively, uh, he, he didn't. Well, he didn't look that good because he had no one to pass the puck. Right. I guess your vision can't be the best when uh, when there aren't guys there, right? Exactly. When the guys like they're they're not positioned, they they don't move. They're static. They don't get into open position. Well, even if you're a good playmaker, there there's limits to what you can do. And on defense, he was often the only one backing. Mm-hmm. So. The number of two-on-ones, three-on-ones, four-on-ones that I saw every game uh, was astounding. So it didn't make him look good because uh, well, what can you do if if all if every game the only way you can win is uh, you're you're the only player who's playing any defense on your team and you're getting pounded five, six, uh, seven, two, seven, three uh, every game. Uh, you won't look that much into producing offensively you'll try to 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 stop uh, stop the gap yeah. and and close uh, and make the game closer because uh, in the end you want to to win but um i think that uh, baron has a lot of qualities as a player uh he just wasn't able to showcase them because his team was really poor this year and it kind of uh, pushed him down the ranks for this draft okay okay well maybe somebody gets uh more of a steal if he if he could keeps getting pushed farther and farther and farther maybe somebody grabs him a little bit later and gets him gets themselves a really good player that uh that fell for some other reasons then how about yourself at 29 well i had uh william wallander right um the reasons why i have him there is because i think he's got a really high upside uh, he's a big defenseman, six foot four, one hundred ninety-two pounds. So he's got already a, a good body. Uh, like uh, Schneider, he skates well. Uh, however, uh, in comparison to Schneider and Gulle, he's offensive-minded. He will look to pinch in. Uh, he's also good with the puck. Um, he can shield the puck effectively. He will skate around pressure uh, a bit like Drysdale. However, uh, he's not the best in his zone. Uh, he needs to improve his coverage. He needs to improve his reads. Um, and a bit like LJ Grants, 
Um, I, I have them as similar defensemen uh, in the same range, but I from from the games I saw, I just preferred Wallander to to Grants. Um, I think he, he can be a, a big top three defenseman that contributes on offense at the next level uh, if he keeps working in on, on his defensive game and uh, if he keeps uh, if it if that doesn't deter him from uh, be contributing on the offense so that's why I've I have him at 29th for uh, the millionaires and I had I had Wallander all over the place this year like one month I had him inside my top 20 <laughs> And next month, when I was rearranging like rearranging some players, all of a sudden I noticed that he's down there at like 38 or something, and then back into the top 30. And so I had him, I had him all over the place this year. And I think that goes um, that like he's such a great skater at his size, six foot four, 191. Um, he's got that skill, um, and I'd see him just it, it would look great, and then I would then I Twitter would kill me. I just see these, <laughs> these uh, like just low light sub guys, right? And um, so yeah, I mean, I, it was really actually really close for me between Baron and and Wallander in the end, um, and so I could easily see in uh, Montreal picking Wallander there too. Absolutely, good pick. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're all good. Picks. Yeah, absolutely. The first round. Oh, for sure. I people are getting very happy with uh, with whoever they whoever falls to them really from their list right because everybody has a different list and you go in and i i'm i'm constantly thinking oh man i don't pick till this pick and i'm these are the guys i'm going to be able to be selecting from and all of a sudden there's a guy that's like 10 up my list just sitting there at and wow fantastic right because because everybody (laughs) has that that different list and and it's uh it's gonna it's always interesting to see that so yeah, and the first round is uh, strong this year. Yeah. Uh, you rarely can get second line scoring wingers at 25th. Right. Usually you're looking more at the middle six at that point. And early on, like in the top 15, there are uh, multiple guys with uh, very high-end skills that could end up as top liners. Uh, now, in the future, will that happen? Yeah. Will they develop and will they reach that ceiling? That's a different story, mm-hmm. but... Uh, uh, at the time of the draft, it's uh, pretty exciting this year with the quality uh, of the first round. Absolutely, absolutely. Sylvain, so, thank you so much. This has been uh, this has been just a pleasure for me, and uh, we've gone we've gone two hours and thirty six minutes, and it feels like we've just started talking. So uh, <laughs> I really appreciate it. I think I think uh, everyone's going to really appreciate this. Um, and uh, I look forward to talking to you as a GM, not just about the draft, uh, but another time I'd love to have you on the show uh, and interview as GM of the Reykjavik Riders. Well, I would, love, I would love to be back on at some point. Uh, I really enjoyed the conversation. Uh, it's not a surprise to many in this league that uh, the draft is one of my favorite parts <laughs> of the year. Um and at, at the same time, since I'm on the podcast, I'd like to, uh, to, 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 to give a shout out to all the GMs that keep uh, working hard every year to, to, make, to improve their teams. 
uh, and make the SIHL such a competitive league. And I, I want to apologize as well for this lengthy podcast. I think that it's going to be uh, the, the, the <laughs> one of the longest uh, since the, the start of the uh, of the series of the podcast oh, that you've yeah, done. Yeah, we broke yeah. records. But I think people will yeah. be pretty happy about that with, uh, <laughs> with just talk about the draft too, right? And, and all the, all the uh, information that uh, people will be picking up um, from it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they can basically uh, skip, uh, uh, skip uh, some scouting by listening to, uh, to the profiles. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much. So it's been a pleasure. All right, you bet. Thanks again, Sylvain Tremblay. And before, yeah, before I go, yeah. I want to apologize if at some point I did some mistakes. Like I, I told uh, Jan before the podcast, I don't get to speak English that often, uh, like three times a year. So I did my best. Uh, don't be too hard on me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it went fantastic. Um, Thank you again, Sylvain, and uh, I will. We will see you at the draft. And before that, um, please don't uh, take any of the guys that I want in uh, free agency. Uh, <laughs> and maybe we'll have some trade talks before then too. You never know. Do you have a? a, a how rich is your team right now yeah. for free agents? <laughs> they, they, they've got a. They've got a couple cents uh, stuffed under the uh, mattress right now. A couple of bucks under the mattress, but. Uh, so so. Yeah, maybe we'll compete on a few guys. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, Sylvain Tremblay. That's uh, the GM of the Reykjavik Riders, your 2019 uh, SICHL Continental Cup champions. And uh, thanks again, Sylvain. Talk to you soon. Well, thank, thank you for having me. I'll talk to you okay. soon. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks, Sylvain. And thank you all for listening. I know it was a long one, but I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed making it. If you have an idea for any shows in the future, or if you'd like to be on the podcast, please DM me at SICHL Rockies on Twitter. I'll talk to you soon.